0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: how's everybody doing? This is Everett Sands with the West Foundation Sports Talk Show. Good evening. It is Tuesday, October 27th, and we are ready for a great show. Um, just a little bit again on who we are at the West Foundation. We started the West Foundation about four years ago. And our purpose and our goal is to help kids understand that they can be successful without being a professional athlete. Now, we want our kids, uh, we want kids to pursue their goals. We want them to chase their goals. But we also understand that one day their chosen sport is going to end, and we want to help give them some tools that they can use to be successful when that occurs. Not only that, we also want to give some tools that help them have success while they're chasing that dream. And I think it's extremely important for kids to have a dream, to chase that dream, because that's going to go on and instill in them a certain work ethic that some people don't understand um, and don't develop until they get their own dream and start to chase that. But I think it's important that we also help these kids put some things on their tool belt to help them be successful. And that's what we want to do here at the West Foundation. Um, This sports talk show is definitely something where we're going to surround it around sports, but we also want to give some life skills as well. Today, we're going to have a financial advisor on. So we're going to talk a little bit about financial literacy, which I think is extremely important, something that I don't think you're ever too old to learn enough about financial literacy. And unfortunately, for a lot of guys that do get opportunity to make it to the professional level, the money slips through their fingers. And study show that the majority of guys that play professionally are broke five to seven years after they finish playing. And we want to help stop that. So if they get an opportunity, we want to make sure that they put themselves in a position where they will have money when they finish. If they don't get that opportunity, we want them to put themselves in a position where they can use the money that they have and uh, use it to the utmost of their ability and let that money work for them. And, you know, a wise man once said, it's not how much money you make, it's how much money you keep. But we'll get to that a little bit later. Um, but here at the West Foundation, we our major is We have a big camp in the summertime. Of course, this year we were not able to have it. We're looking forward next year to have a one that is bigger and better. We're also going to do some other little clinics. Um, Planning on doing a basketball clinic, soccer clinic. Like to get to some tennis and golf as well. Want to also uh, be able to expose young people to some different sports that they might necessarily uh, be able to uh, play. Um, at a high level, but we want to go on and introduce them to them. Now, today our thought of the day is: What does it take to win? Question for you: Do you love winning more than you hate losing? Well, let me rephrase that for a second. Do you fear failure more than you love success? Think about that. Do you fear failure more than you love success? Now, the tough thing is. It's hard to be successful without some type of failure because we learn from our failure. But the thing is, what does it take to win? We're not going to get we're not going to start talking about the failure part of it because that is a very important part of how we win because if you don't fail, then how do you know that you need to get better? But here are three things that I think it takes to be to, takes to win. The first is be present. Concentrate on where you are and get better where you are. Now too often we think about where we could be instead of where we are at that particular time. When I was at uh, Coastal last year, uh, Coach Chadwell used to, used to say often, "Be where your feet are." And what he's saying there is, do the best that you can, right where you are. Don't think about the other things that you got to have that you have going on. Be where you are right now, and concentrate on getting better where you're at. And I'm not saying if you're a second-string or a third-string guy that you got to be complacent with where you are, but find a way to get better. So be present where you are. Now, Kobe Bryant said the only reason he was able to pick up details on the court was because he trained his mind to do that off of the court. In his daily life, by reading, by paying attention to class, by working, he strengthened his focus and strengthened his ability to be present. So be present where you are. That's extremely important. The next thing is, you got to put the work in. Lots of times, people say they want to be successful, but they don't do things behind the scenes that bring success. You know, one of my old players uh, once said that a lot of guys have million-dollar dreams but a minimum wage work ethic, and the two just don't work hand in hand. you got to put the work in. And I promise you, There is no such thing as overnight success. There's always a lot of work being done behind the scenes that leads to that success. But once again, there are no guarantees because it most likely will not happen on your timetable. Sometimes it happens on your timetable, but most of the time it's not going to happen on your timetable. But if you put the work in and you don't quit, sooner or later you're going to find that success that you're looking for. But the key is, I gotta put the work in, and I gotta keep striving for it. So, you gotta make sure that you put the work in. The last thing is, expect to win. You know, if you don't have a opportunity, if you don't, excuse me, expect to win, or expect to have success, you're probably gonna be right. But if you expect to have success, you're probably gonna be right. Again, that's not 100%. But here's a little story. I remember one time when we were preparing for a game, um, I was at a 1AA school, and we're playing a Power 5 school. And I was talking with one of the other assistant coaches, and he made a statement that we don't have a chance to win this weekend. And really, I got upset when he said that. I'm like, what do you mean we don't have a chance to win? He said, we don't have a chance. It just can't happen. And he said, well, go ask the offensive coordinator. If you, think I, if you think I'm the only one that think that way, ask the offensive coordinator. So we went over asked the offensive coordinator. And he said the same thing. Nah, we don't have a chance to win. So my thought was, well, if we don't have a chance to win, why play the game? There makes no reason to play the game if you don't have a chance to win. And the crazy thing is the kids feed off the coaches. So if the coaches don't think they can win, the players are going to feed off of that. And they're going to go through saying, hey, we don't have a chance to win. But my old head football coach at the Citadel, Charlie Taft, used to say, hey, those boys put those their pants on just like us, one leg at a time. And if we step on the field, we've got a chance to win. And that's the attitude you got to have. Yeah, i got to go out there expecting to win. Is that going to happen all the time? No, it's not going to happen all the time. But again, if I expect to win, I'm going to do the things that I need to do to put myself in position to win. And if I don't expect it, then doesn't like we weren't supposed to win anyway, so you're not gonna you're not gonna try as hard. But you gotta go out there and expect to win. And if you do that, hey, who knows what might happen? Now, I found this uh, little poem here, and it was your life will respond to your outlook. Life is largely a matter of expectation. If you want to succeed, you must expect to succeed. When you expect things to happen, strangely enough, they do happen. Expectation energizes your goals and gives them momentum. When you believe something good can happen, it will happen. Set your goals high. If you want to succeed beyond your wildest expectations, you have to begin with some wild expectations. The dreams you believe in come to be. Let me read that last line again. If you want to succeed beyond your wildest expectations, you have to begin with some wild expectations. The dreams you believe in come to be. So you got a dream. And again, again, my three things that I believe what it takes to win is you got to be present, you got to put the work in, and you got to expect to win. Every time I step on the field, I expect to win. If I'm playing racquetball, every time I step on the court, I expect to win. If I race somebody I know that's faster than me, guess what? I'm going to expect to win. I have to. And if he might beat me that time, And next time I go race him again, I'm going to expect to win. And when you have that expectation and you put the work in, you're present where you are, you're going to find yourself a winner. Again, it might not come in the time frame that you want it to come in, but you will find yourself a winner. As long as you keep fighting and you're doing things that you need to do, you put yourself in that position. All right? Now, last week was a big week. Um, Big Ten, they started playing, and probably the biggest surprise of the week was Indiana beat Penn State in overtime. So again, the craziness in college football. Um, Coastal Carolina continues its undefeated run and they beat Georgia Southern. They are playing some really good football right now and looking for them. They got Georgia State this week. I'm looking for them to to continue that. Um, LSU had a huge win over University of South Carolina, 52-24. to 24. I thought that was a big game for both teams. Uh, for LSU, from the standpoint of, hey, we need to get some confidence, and I thought it was a big game for USC to build on the confidence that they already had with the big win they had over Auburn last week. Um, but LSU was able to pull that one off. Two other teams that I thought uh, were in a confidence booster game, and the, the winner was going to definitely come out ahead was Louisville and Florida State. Louisville, uh, they had a nice win over Florida State, 48-16. Florida State, the previous week, had a big win over North Carolina. So, again, I thought that game was huge for Florida State, just so they can continue to build confidence. Number 14, Wisconsin beat Illinois. Clinton had another solid win over Syracuse. Um, The question is, who's going to give Clinton a run for their money during the regular season? Um Clemson is looking really, really nice right now. North Carolina, they came back with a nice win over North Carolina State, 48-21, to 21, which, of course, that is always a big rival game. And even though I know years ago when I was at, university, uh, at North Carolina State, um, head coach said that they're not their rival. But if you ask the players, I think that is a rivalry game. Rutgers. They came out of the gate with a big win over Michigan State. Ohio State had a nice win over Nebraska. So, Ohio State's going to make their claim, that they need to be in the mix. Marshall State unbeaten against uh, Florida Atlanta. Oklahoma State had a nice win over Iowa State. Notre Dame handles Pitt at 45-3. to And Rice finally gets the game in. Unfortunately, they lost to, to Middle 10. Middle Tennessee State, 40-34. So, I think it was a really good game. But that is the first game that Rice played, so I guess COVID has definitely had an effect on them. Alabama, they handled Tennessee, forty-eight to seventeen. Wake Forest and Virginia Tech. Again, Virginia Tech was previously number nineteen, and Wake Forest uh, found a way to pull that one out, twenty-three to sixteen. And Boston College. I asked earlier who's going to give who's going to give Clemson a run for their money. Boston College, uh, they were 4-2 with a win over Georgia Tech, and they actually play Clemson this week. Is Boston College that team that's going to go on and and go toe-to-toe with Clemson? We shall see. We shall see. Michigan had a nice win over number 21, Minnesota. UTSA found a way to beat La Tech. Um, I was previously at UTSA, and La Tech was one of the thorns on our side that Unfortunately, we had some tight games, but we uh, weren't able to pull it out. It was good to see UTSA pull one out against La Tech. Miami was able to pull one out against UVA. Cincinnati also stays unbeaten after beating, uh, previously unbeaten SMU. Um, and then BYU beat Texas State 52-14. to Now, for the eighth time in NFL history, two and 5-0 teams faced faced off between each other. That was the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Tennessee Titans. Now, the Steelers jumped out really quick. And then, of course, as momentum goes, momentum started swinging towards the Titans. And the Titans had an opportunity to tie the game with 14 seconds left with a field goal. And they missed it. Wide right. The crazy thing is, the Titans kicker is perfect from 49 and above. He has six kicks, 49 yards or higher. But he's only about 50% under 49. And this one was 46. And uh, the Steelers were able to come away with the win with that. Which, of course, I'm a huge Steelers fan. So, good to see the Steelers get that win. And now the Steelers are the only undefeated team in the National Football League. The Browns beat the Bengals. And that was a great finish to the game. That one sort of went back and forth. And People, People Jones had a great catch um, for a touchdown to give the Browns the win. And it was, again, under a minute ago when that happened, even though Joe Burroughs had a, had a monster game. So Burrows is, is definitely playing extremely well. He's just not able to find a way to win. So, so I'm sure – as the experience comes on, he's going to be a really, really good player. Green Bay had a solid win against Houston. I thought Atlanta was going to pull it out, and somehow uh, Detroit came out and, and pulled a tight one out. The Carolina Panthers and the Saints, another good game. There's a lot of good games in the NFL this week, and the uh, Panthers fell a little short, 27-24. Good to see Buffalo. They stopped the bleeding. They got a win against the Jets. And now the question is, with the Washington and Dallas game, Washington got the win. And the question is, is Dallas trying to position themselves for Trevor Lawrence? Are they trying to position themselves to, to get that pick? Um, around that Dallas camp, you know, there's a lot of questions about what's going to happen from a quarterback perspective. Um, and then again, sort of saying, hey, are they trying to go on and put themselves in position? Hey, we shall see. The Bucs and the Raiders, Tom Brady was being Tom Brady and an impressive win over uh, Las Vegas and the San Fran-New England game. Um, Garoppolo goes back to New England, and he secures a solid win against his old team. Another one, another exciting game um, was Kyler Murray versus Russell Wilson and the Cardinals versus Seattle. And this one was another one that just went back and forth, and it looked like Seattle had to win. And they got the play got called back for holding. This was in overtime. And then they threw a pick, went back down, kicked the field goal, and the Cardinals pulled that one off. In Monday Night Football, um, the Rams had an impressive win. And tonight, the Dodgers they made lead three to two. Will they be able to close out the World Series tonight? That is a great question, and I think tonight we definitely got to keep an eye on that and see what's going on. But it was a great week, Um, I thought, in college football. There's a lot of good games, a couple surprises. Uh, uh, Another surprise, um, you had a one-double-A team, Jackson Jackson State, um, Jacksonville State. Excuse me, had opportunity, the first upset over a Division One opponent. So it's, uh, football is definitely in full effect. The college games were good. The NFL games, there were a lot of tight games. And there'll be a lot of good games to come on this weekend as well, which we'll talk about a little bit later on. But one of the things that always is, is a factor, and I, and I believe that one of the toughest things to do is win a college football game because there's so many different factors in there. And, of course, with COVID right now, there's the – don't know who's gonna be there week in and week out. You might have a guy that have trace um, contact with somebody and now all of a sudden he has to quarantine. And but I think the teams are doing overall a pretty good job of making sure that their players are doing the things they're supposed to do. Still having a game here or there that has to get canceled. For instance Florida. Florida went from saying, hey we want to pack the stands to they can't play. um, After the governor of Florida said, hey, we're opening it up, um, Coach Mullen said, hey, we want to pack the stands. we got LSU coming into town. And then all of a sudden they couldn't play. So I think Florida might be able to get back out there again this week. But it's going to be another good week of college football and NFL football and high school football. And one of the things that we will have on the day, we got a great lineup today. Um, we have a commentator with the Appalachian State Mountaineers, a young man that actually played at App State, and, and now he has the opportunity to commentate for them. And App State, they had to sit out for a couple of weeks, and uh, they're back and they're playing well, um, which is interesting. Cause sometimes you wonder, after a team has to sit for a couple of weeks, how are they going to be when they get back on the field? Well, App State's been playing pretty good. Uh, So that's uh, good to see. We're also going to have Anthony Jenkins on. Now, Anthony was a uh, football player and a baseball player down at the Citadel. Now he was part of the, the Citadel team in 1990 that went to the World Series. And now he's a financial advisor. So, Once again, we at the West Foundation love talking about financial literacy, so we get an opportunity to dive into that a little bit more with Anthony Jenkins. Then, we have uh, one of my old teammates uh, from high school, um, Carlton Terry, who is a head football coach now at Conway High School. Uh, He played at Western Carolina, and we actually played against each other after playing with each other. So, we played with each other in high school, played against each other in college, and, uh, is getting that program um, on track down there. And then we will finish tonight with Bruce Alexander. And Bruce is currently the VP of Communication with Operation Homefront. He is a retired uh, Air Force officer. And he also played football while he was in college. So we've got a good lineup. We have a lot of good things uh, to explore and talk about. And, of course, we are always... Want to talk a little bit about life skills. The life skill of the week today is financial advising. Last week we had a police officer on. We talked about engaging um, with the police and what that should look like. So, one of the things that we want to do is just make sure, again, that we give everybody some skills that they need to survive and to have success. Now, again, um, you can find us. Our website, you can find us um, on our website is WSFFC.com Again, WSFFC.com um, You can find us on Twitter at WSFFC and we're on Instagram at The West Foundation and also on Facebook at The West Foundation. So you can definitely follow us on all those aspects and see the different things that we have going on. Which Right now, the big thing is Talk show, but we are going to do another uh, life skill webinar sometime here in November, December. We're still trying to finalize the date on that, but we are definitely looking uh, to do something. Um, we also still the board and I are trying to figure out what that is. And we will let you all know as soon as we find out and we make a decision on that. But we will be coming with something that we think will be uplifting for everybody that takes a listen. Now we are going to. Go to a quick break, and then when we come back, we will go on and start with our first guest, Mr. Pierre Banks.
0: Good day. Yeah. You know what? I like to play. No. Trump,
2: the verse. It's going down, face of Black Street. The homies got at me, collab creations, bump like agony, no doubt. I put it down, never slouch. As long as my credit can vouch, that dog couldn't catch me. Tell me who could stop with Dre making moves, attracting honeys like a magnet. Giving them orgasms with my mellow accent. Still moving this flavor with the homies, Black Street and Teddy, the original rock shaker. Shutting it down for love, baby got them open on.
0: Strictly, bitch, you don't play around. Cover much ground, got game by the town Getting paid is a forte. Each and every day, true player way I can't get her out of my mind. Wow, I think about the girl all the time. Wow, wow to the west side push the fat ride. it's no surprise she got tricks in the stash stacking up the cash fast when it comes to the gas by no means that it's on when she's got to have it baby you're a perfect 10 I wanna get in can I get down so I, I like the way you work kid no diggity I got to bag it up I like the way you work kid no diggity I, bag bag up, I like the way you work it. No I diggity. I thought to bag it, up. bag it up. I like the way you work it. No, no diggity. I thought to bag it up. She's got class and style. She's knowledge by the pound. Baby never act wild. Very low key on the profile. Catching feelings is a no. Let me tell you how it goes Curves the word, spins the verb Lovers, it curves so freaks what you heard Rolling with the fatness You don't even know what the half is You've got to pay to play Just a shorty bang bang to look your way I like the way you work it. you like all day, every day. You're blowing my mind, maybe in time. Baby, I can get you in my ride. I like the way you work it. No diggity. I've bag, bag it up. I like the way you work it. No diggity. I've yeah. oh, 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 like done the I like the way you work it. No diggity. I've done the I like the way you work it. No diggity. You. Hey yo, hey yo, hey yo, hey yo. no other girl looks good. Hey yo, hey yo, hey yo, hey yo. Play 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 Hey yo, hey yo, hey yo, hey yo. You're my kind of girl. Hey yo, hey yo, hey yo, hey yo. Hey yeah. 'Cause that's my peeps and we rose deep, flying first class from New York to the black sheet, what you know about me now don't be up uh, saying uh, caught thing. here with frame supported by my shorty. As for me icy gleaming pinky diamond ring we be about this click up on this thing ain't you getting bored with these fake boys? how shows improves no doubt i been thinking Please excuse if I come across moves That's just me And that's how a it has got to be Stay kicking game with a capital G Ask the people's on my block I'm as real as can be Word is born Faking moves never been my thing. So Teddy, pass the word to your and Chauncey I'll be sending a call Let's say around 3.30 Queen, pen and black No diggity, baby I like the way you work it No diggity I got the bag Girl, I got it going on
1: doing? This is Everett Sands from the West Foundation Sports Talk Show. We're back. We have our first guest on, uh, Mr. Pierre Banks. Pierre, how's everything going?
3: And I'm blessed, man. A lot to be thankful for. How's everything your way?
1: Everything's going pretty good, man. Everything's going pretty good. Now, where are you from?
3: Originally, Durham, North Carolina, or we like to call it the Bull City, uh, from there. But then up in the mountains. For the better part of my adulthood Now just moving around Columbia, South Carolina Columbus, oh. Ohio But Durham is the hometown
1: Okay, alright, well good Well you played at upstate. State um, You left yes, sir. As you said, you was in Columbus You was in Columbia And now you're back Now before we get into What you're doing now Where all have you been Once you graduated
3: Man, I um so initially, I worked here at App, as an academic advisor for student-athletes for a couple of years and then made my way up uh, to Columbus, Ohio uh, to do a lot of the same work at uh, The Ohio State University, you know, working in, um, you know, a lot of life skills, career development there. also did some uh, learning specialist work where I would work one-on-one with some, some student-athletes. Uh, and then before I left, uh, as a academic advisor more or less, but we call them counselors up there at the Student-Athlete Support Services Office, uh, working with the offense um, there on the football team. Left there, went down to Columbia, South Carolina, uh, where I had the pleasure of working with you. A lot of great coaches down there uh, on the football team. And you know, Before I left, I was assigned to oversee all of the academics for the football team there, um, so I had a great time down there. Um, before coming back up to Boone at App State in a different role this time, uh, working as the director of student-athlete development. And so I'm charged with making sure that all of our student-athletes are prepared for life after Appalachia. And we do that through a lot of life skills, career development programming. I also uh, do a lot of sports media work. And so, so a lot of broadcasting, uh, the color commentator, for the App State Football Broadcast, do some work on ESPN Plus, on the Appalachian Sports Network, host various shows on our digital platforms uh, up here. And then in addition to that, <laughs> I go to the radio station uh, where I am now, and uh, DJ on the Classic Hit Station from three to six weekdays. And in addition to that, got my own show, pretty much my own business, uh, that also airs on the Classic Hit Station here, but I uh, can be found on the internet. So, uh, i've I've done some moving around man, and,
1: and yeah, like
3: about yeah, 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 blessed to have a lot of doors open to me.
1: right right now, what is it like being back at your alma mater being a being a color commentator
3: man it's special it's special to uh you know take a look at a program that I in some small part had a way of uh helping them get to to where they are now. You know, when mm-hmm. we first got up here, my first season was uh, 2004, played three games for our Red Shirted, and uh, the enrollment app was I think like 14,000 or mm-hmm. something like that, and um, you know, the stadium would have about six, 7,000 people there <laughs> on any given day. Uh, mm-hmm. and we were fortunate enough to, to have a lot of success while I was here, and saw the numbers continue to grow, you know, and now mm-hmm. the enrollment is close to 20,000 at the university, you know, um, they're close to 30,000 people in the stands every time they have a home game and they just far, they have far exceeded, you know, where we took it uh, during my time Mm -hmm. on the mountain. And, you know, it's a national brand uh, consistently, you know, receiving votes for the top 25. They were in it again this year, Uh, five bowl wins in a row, you know, just, unprecedented success of making a a transition from um, the football championship subdivision to the bowl subdivision. Uh, And, you know, it's special to to watch these guys just take your your alma mater to the next level, man, and and guys that, you know, were on the staff, you know, while I was playing here, or my teammates are now on the staff. And it's great to have those relationships.
1: Right. Uh, You won national championships in what years?
3: 05, 2006, and 07.
1: So, three of your four years, you won national championships.
3: <laughs> yeah, man. Like I said, I was I was blessed, man, to, to be here. I didn't originally come to App. I actually went to the Air Force Academy prep school uh, right out of uh, high school, man, and, and things didn't work out for me there. Uh, and I was asked to leave like a couple months into into my time there and mm-hmm. uh, made a call to Coach Satterfield, Scott Satterfield, who recruited me. And at the time, he was the offensive coordinator. And, you yeah. know, just so happens they, they still had the scholarship that they offered me, and I was able to uh, to come up here then. And I, I didn't want to come then. I wanted to sit out a semester and uh, try to recruit again and, and go to a, a bigger school or whatnot. But thank God mm-hmm. for my high school coach, he was telling me, do not do that because if you sit out, you're never gonna go back. I've seen this right. story play out too many times, so um, you know I, I listened to him fortunately and came up here, man. And you know, it's so much talent got here at the same time, and, and the coaching came together. And, and like I said, man, it, it couldn't be nothing but the Lord to, to put it all together like that, man. And, and from right. there, my whole life has been different. Nice, nice.
1: Now. Going back to the season, App State's have had a break, a COVID break, so to speak. How do you think right. COVID has affected what's going on up there on the mountain?
3: Man, it's had a, a unbelievable effect, and, and you kind of figure that with a global pandemic coming on, uh, that you know no one would leave out unscathed, um, mm-hmm. and so you're kind of hoping that the best that can happen is your test numbers are low. You know, um, you can try to somewhat keep the the student athletes in in somewhat of a bubble, which isn't really possible when you're going to class with other students. You know, you're playing against, you know, teams from different states, different cities, that kind of stuff. And so, unfortunately, we ran into some some issues a few weeks back uh, where we had some clusters here and back-to-back, weeks, you know, the games got postponed two big games yeah. to uh Louisiana who they've uh, faced in the Sunbelt Championship game the last two seasons uh and then their bitter rival in Georgia Southern. And so it's tough to to not only sit out and not play those games, but not be able to practice. You know, uh you know from from being a a very good coach yourself that mm-hmm. there are two times in a year that you have time off between games like that at the beginning of the season and then in the bowl season.
4: Uh, But the difference
3: there is you've got time to prepare. You've got time to practice. And you're on an even playing field with your opponent because they're going through that same time off uh, for the Mm -hmm. most part. Well, here, uh, the app suited up against a very good Arkansas State team this past Thursday, uh, one of the top offenses in the country, uh, their passing offense isn't in the top 10, but they played three weeks in a row, which means they've right. been practicing for
5: three weeks in a
3: row. And, you know, it's the mistakes that you have at the beginning of the season and, and going into a bowl game from um, not seeing that game speed, lack of uh, uh, being in a game, it's amplified because one, you don't have practice and then you're playing against a, a good team and a good team that's mm-hmm. had practice, a, a team that's, that's played games. Um, fortunate enough for them, uh, you know they were they were able to come out with a with a big win um, this yeah. past Thursday, uh, but that's a that's something that that you got to look at and and not only and I don't want to minimize it at all because it means a lot to uh, a lot of people, but not only not playing games or practicing, but when you have people, you know, being diagnosed with COVID, you don't know how mm-hmm. this thing is going to affect someone's body moving forward. Exactly. you know what I'm saying? You don't know five months, five years from now you know, what it'll do to your lungs, your heart, or or whatever. And so, you know, you just pray that everything is going to be all right, man, and, um, you know, we keep these student-athletes as safe as possible.
1: Right, right, which is always good after an open date, you know, which, again, this isn't your traditional open date because, as you said, you can't practice. Um, Right. But a lot of times after an open date, you to be real high, or you might not be as high and be kind of low. But it uh, looks like App State was was ready to roll. They was jumping at the bit and had a, had a great win this past week. So they uh, expect to see them to continue to do that. But yeah, just that's the,
3: the that's the that's the plan, man. When you see this team here, they've got so many seniors and, and juniors or whatnot on it, and so you know they've been there and they've had opportunity to play a lot of ball together. Uh, have a lot of preparation together uh, in the in the years past. But when you've got a younger team, a team that hadn't mm-hmm. been there before, a team that's not used to the continuity, the timing, and all that kind of stuff, I mean, it can really right. do some damage.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So, well, hopefully they, they they already had their break, so hopefully it won't pop up again and, and they can go on and, and finish this thing strong. The, uh, they have who this week coming up?
3: So travel now to Monroe, Louisiana. To take on ULM. Yeah.
1: Okay. Which I think ULM, they're uh, they started off kind of slow this year. I know their quarterback <laughs> last year was pretty good. Yeah. And uh yeah. And, um,
3: yeah. You you look at their their uh at their record, you know, 0-6, and it's a bit deceiving. You know, uh, they hadn't won a right. game yet, but uh, they've been in every game this year you know and they mm-hmm. like you said, got a lot of talent on that roster and um you know if you if you let a team like that stay in the game like uh, like teams have been doing all year long you run the risk of you know mm-hmm. turnovers uh penalties mistakes or something like that pushing that team yep. over the edge and so you can't you can't ever rule a team like this out man so i think they they understand that and um they're doing their best to prepare
1: The, um, here's one thing that I used to tell my guys back in the day is that a lion kills a rabbit with all its might. And sometimes they look at me like, coach, what are you talking about? Well, the deal is a lion doesn't play with a rabbit. He kills it. easy. If you sit there and play with that rabbit, that rabbit eventually is going to get away. Right. So go out there, handle your business. And then, you know, go on home. But if you go out there and just just let that thing be in the fourth quarter where it's still a chance, anything can happen. Anything
3: Anything. can happen. That's why you wanted the best in the business right there.
1: Right. And, hey, you know, we was talking a little bit earlier before we got on the air about Coastal Carolina. And this kind of Coastal Carolina last year had almost every loss, with the exception of ULL, I was in the fourth quarter. You know, App State was one of those. It wasn't quite the fourth quarter, but it was in the third quarter. It was, I think it was like a eight- to ten-point game. And the next thing you know, you throw a pick. Uh, and then you turn the ball over again. And next thing you know, it sort of blows up. But right now, they're playing some pretty good football. And they find a way to win those close games. Um, which last year, we, we didn't find a way to win those close games. So So they're doing well. And they got Georgia State this week. So, hey, hopefully they can continue to go on to find a way to win. And I, I tell you something now: winning breeds confidence. Yep. And if you're confident, you got a much better chance of winning. No doubt about that. Now let's talk a little bit about the life skills aspects of things that you're working with uh, student athletes. What, what kind of life skills are you working? Are you uh, working with those guys with?
3: So we try to do our best just to make sure that by the time they leave here, you know, they can be the best husbands, wives, fathers, mothers, neighbors, best overall citizens they can be. And, and so, as you know, it's a lot that goes into that. Uh, and so we try to do a good job of making sure we mix it up from semester to semester so that, uh, you know, the students, you know, aren't getting bored with the programming uh, because most of it, uh Is not mandatory. You know, you have to choose to to invest in yourself, as I call it. Uh, And so from year to year, semester to semester here, we've covered everything from uh, financial literacy, where we've had, you know, a professor from the business school come over to run through different things from basic budgeting uh, all the way up into investing. You know, we've, uh, we've talked a little bit about healthy relationships, and what those look like and and how to be able to make sure that, you know, if you're in an unhealthy relationship, to recognize that you know, um, mm-hmm. and moving forward. You know, we've uh, talked with them a little bit about your first major purchase and, you know, found, finding a home, um uh, uh, mortgage lender, what that looks like and, you know, what goes all into, you know, buying a home and, you know, how much money you need. If you're buying a first home, you may not need any and 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 those sorts of things, Uh, depreciate assets, all that kind of um, good stuff, you know, how to buy a car, get a loan there, what to look for in in an APR, that kind of thing. Um, We've also, you know, tried to introduce them to the campus to say, these are the opportunities that you have at your fingertips, everything from study abroad uh, to the Career Development Center um, just bringing everybody to them so that they can realize uh, the resources that they have and try to encourage them to take advantage of it, try to get into some of these professional organizations so that by the mm-hmm. time they leave at, they started to build that professional network because um, you and I know it's not always what you know. You know it, It's about mm-hmm. your connections and, and who yep. can help you get that foot in the door. Exactly. Um, so You know, we've we've done a lot of things uh, semester to semester, year to year. We're just basically aiming at making sure that they're prepared uh, by the time they leave here. And uh, it's grown from year to year uh, since I've been here, and and the students are really uh, invested at this point. And I think a lot of it has to do with um, some of our our social issues that, you know, have been happening for hundreds of years but have been um, front and center. Here for the past few months.
1: Right. Now, now speaking of the social issue, how has that affected uh, App State Athletics and App State's campus?
3: I think it's had a positive effect on everybody because, uh, for whatever reason, now it seems like people are, are starting to listen. You know, and right. it seems like people outside of the black community, you know, actually care and actually see uh, what's going on, man. And so, uh, you know, our AD, he uh, implemented um, what he initially called the culture committee that's now uh, transformed into the App State Strategic Diversity and Inclusion Committee to where we have various people from uh, different offices within the athletics department um, to tackle things like mentorship programs and um, being able to uh, help our student athletes uh, get experience and um, helping our, our students, again, to to be prepared for life after here and, and various things along those lines, uh, and not just right. our student athletes, but our staff, you know, our coaches, you know, how to get mm-hmm. them professional development uh, and that sort of thing, how to how to help them get to the next level. Uh, and so that's one major thing that, that's come out of it. Um, we had a conversation this summer where we invited all our student athletes uh, just to come and, and decompress. Talk about everything that was going on, uh, right. you know, um, especially with, you know, COVID here, here in our world and to be able to, to talk about issues that they may not be able to talk about. And we had a, a wide audience. So a lot of times you can't have those conversations in front of people who don't look like you. So this was a mm-hmm. time to, to be heard so that they can understand, you know, what it is you're going through on a daily basis. And it was fantastic for our students. You know, they were, uh, I can think of a volleyball team as a perfect example. You know, um, it was an emotional emotional time because here I've been your teammate for three years, two years, four years maybe, and I never knew the things that you have to go through on a daily basis. I never knew the pressure uh, that you feel or, you know, um, not feeling safe or, or anything like that. Um, And that's the biggest thing, man, people starting to listen, people starting to care. And then not only that, but let's find some action items and some things that we can put in place uh, to be Mm -hmm. able to move the needle forward.
1: Right. And that's that's huge. And you know what? One of the things um, I had one of my old teammates, you know, reach out to me and just like, you know, I never thought about it because you like you just like my brother. You know, I I didn't think anything else. And so we just sort of talked, and I think a part of it is if you know, and a lot of people in athletics don't even think about it, but if you mm-hmm. know and understand that a change needs to happen, now you're in a better position to help make that change happen. But if you don't ever think about it, you just think everybody's just like you, then you're not really, you can't really help anything to change because you don't think there needs to be a change. And so I think that communication is so important for people just to go on and be empathetic and try to look at it from somebody else's perspective instead of saying, I ain't worried about it, I'm good. But sort of look at it from their perspective and then see how it could be an issue. And once that is happening and that continues to happen, then I think we got a better chance of getting to a point where we can become closer as a country.
3: Right. Right. it's a And it's a fine line that you walk, you know, because yeah. some people are afraid to, to say certain things because they don't want to offend anybody. And then you got people who are trying to help, but they end up offending somebody because of, of something they say or maybe not even what they say, but how they say it. And so yeah. it, it's important for everybody on all sides when we come to the table just to have an open mind, open heart, man, and, and listen to each other. Uh, because everybody doesn't have bad intentions. Everybody doesn't have right. good intentions either, you know, but uh, exactly. just to be able to listen to each other, to uh, kind of understand where we're coming from in this thing. And if we can do that, uh, then it goes a long way in, in changing things for the better. Yep.
1: Yeah, I agree. with that totally. And as with everything else, I just think communication is so important. And at times it's hard to communicate what you're going through because people don't Mm -hmm. understand that. But, and and a lot of times not only hard to communicate, but it goes back to the empathy. Some of them don't want you to communicate about what's going on. Um, Right. But we got to keep fighting the good fight. We got to keep fighting the good fight. And uh, we're a long way from where we were, but we still got a long way to go.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I've always thought it was funny that, uh, you know, when people oppress you, you know, or, or do you wrong in any way, they not only mm-hmm. want to do that, but they want to have complete control and they don't want you to say anything about it.
4: <laughs> like They want right. you to act
3: like it, it didn't happen or, you know, say nothing is, is wrong with what's going on. You know, if, mm-hmm. if you're going wrong, at least let me voice my opinion on what's going on. Yeah, yeah that's true. That's true. Because now you're going to do me wrong.
1: You're going to kick me. And then I can't tell you that you kicked me. Right. <laughs> right. Hey, hey but that, that is definitely something that uh, needs to be addressed, and I think we need to keep in the forefront. Um, it should not just help people on college campuses to move closer, but just everybody in this country to move closer. And uh, I, I think that's very important. And that that financial literacy piece that you were all talking about there, I, again, that's – um, that's one that I, I'm constantly going to uh, to hit on because I think the one of the big ways that you're going to be able to close that equality gap is to close the economic gap, mm-hmm. and I think if you can close the economic gap, that equality gap will will begin to shrink as well. Yeah, yeah.
3: That financially and education is huge, man. When it's when you come up in a system that lacks the resources to give you a a good education, that's the fastest way to keep people where they are, you know, because there are ways to gain everything that you want to gain in this world. But you got to know the game to be able to play it. You know, you got to know the rules. You got to know where to find things. You know, um, I was talking to somebody uh, the other day. You know, um, a lot of people in our communities go to jail for firearms. You know, and mm-hmm. it's nothing wrong with wanting to have a firearm because there's a lot of people in other communities that fight tooth and nail, and the sole reason why they vote for a certain party is so they can bear arms, you know, but mm-hmm. it's, it's a proper way to go about that. It's a proper, exactly. you know, uh, way to go and get your your paperwork and, and, and all that kind of stuff, and you can have all kind of guns if you want it, but if you don't know the game, you can't play by the rules. And so Mm -hmm. that educational piece, you know, is is a big piece that's lacking. Uh, That and financial uh, stability is one thing that, you know, can keep people where they are.
1: Yep. Now here's something, again, which I think goes back to financial literacy, that you don't see too many upper middle to high class neighborhoods with a subpar education system. Right. So I think that those two are tied together as well um, mm-hmm. because, you know, the, the lower economic areas most oftentimes is where your lower school systems are. So how, that tie there, again, it still goes to that financial literacy piece and that's, you got to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Yes, but let's make sure that from the educational standpoint, I get the same opportunities as everybody else. And sometimes the priorities that are emphasized are different. For instance, um, if you have a a child that all you do is talk about their behavior, at what point do you concentrate on those academics? Sometimes that behavior issue um, supersedes the academic issues. And then once the teacher's talking, all they talk about is behavior, the parents, all they do is talk about behavior. So all the kid thinks about his behavior, but what about the reading, the math, and all of that? Um, right. So, again, it ties in. Uh, again, it's not my area of expertise, so I can't give specifics on it, but it definitely ties in.
3: Right. And And to add to your point, you know, I knew plenty of guys when we were coming up, females too, who – you know, have some behavioral issues, and the first thing they do when they have those issues is they send them to the in-school suspension. Well, how are you yep. going to get the education if you're in-school suspension, right? Or if mm-hmm. things got too bad, they sent you to a whole other school, you know, where right. the resources, again, may not be uh, as high uh, as as other areas or something like that. And so yet another way to deprive somebody of the thing that they need the most that, that education, man, and instead of focusing on that, you know, uh, that uh, behavioral piece, you know, has been used to strip people of the, the resources, the knowledge, the things that they need to be successful.
1: Yep, that's true. That's true. So, now, hey, we're getting ready to, to uh, wrap this up, but if you could, give me a piece of advice you would give a young student athlete that wants to get to a collegiate level.
3: You have to make sure you focus on excelling academically where you are right now. Um, And if I can get to you before you get to the high school ranks, that's optimal because, and I hate to say it like this, but whatever you do from elementary to middle school, uh, it's kind of off the record. As soon as you hit high school, every grade that you earn is going to be on your transcript, and that's what these universities are going to look at. To, to see if you're admissible um, to their school. You know, they're going to look at your GPA. They're going to look at your test scores. And the higher your GPA, um, the um, the lower you can be on your test score. And, of course, the standardized tests, you know, they're, they're not necessarily geared towards student-athletes of color, uh, especially. Mm-hmm. And so the, the better you can do within your classes in school, take advantage of that uh, because those would be the things, uh, that will be your biggest barrier from going to the university uh, of your choice. And so make sure you focus on that. And when you're looking at universities to go to, don't just look at the the football program, the basketball program, the, the baseball program. Look at the, the academics. Do they have a major there that's going to allow you to, to flourish? And when you leave there, be able to support yourself and your family. You know, look look at all those things as opposed to just athletics when you're in school, one, doing well when you're in high school, uh, doing as well as you possibly can, focusing on that, and then choosing a university that fits your strength and, and will be able to, to help you to grow and flourish during your time there and after.
1: Outstanding. Well, I appreciate it. It was great having you on, and uh, we definitely uh, wish App State good luck this the rest of this year, and and hopefully we'll be able to get you back on another time.
3: I really right. appreciate you having me on anytime. Thank you so much.
1: All right, man. Well, hey, man, well I appreciate it. We're going to go to a break, and we'll be back in a few minutes.
0: So many pretty girls around me and they're waking up to rock Keep up Why you mad? Fix your face, ain't my fault they all be jacking Keep up Players only, come on, put your tickets bring to the, bring the, bring the moon
1: Everett Sands of the Rest Foundation Sports Talk Show. We're starting hour two. Um, this is uh, we have first before I announce our next guest. I have my co-host uh, Justin Cowan um, who is joining us. Justin, how's everything going?
6: It's going good, man. I appreciate you having
1: me. Yes, sir. Thanks. To, thanks for coming on. Justin uh, was a, was a little late because there is a hurricane on the Gulf, and they had to have a. Uh, practice changed time a little bit, so but we're glad to have him on with us. But our next guest is Anthony Jenkins. Um, Anthony, how's
5: everything going? It's going good, brother. It's going very good. How about yourself? No I'm
1: doing well, man. Doing well. I'm doing well. How's this COVID life treating you?
5: It's been great, man. You know, in the mortgage business, uh, we hadn't stopped. We hadn't missed a beat. Rates is so low, and just. Business it almost tripled, man. It's been a blessing, but um, you know the housing business is booming. It's it's not even enough houses out there. Um, I mean, houses are getting three and four contracts. If if you want to sell, now is the time to sell. Might that be the time to buy? That's the only bad thing. But man, it's a it's it is it is a seller's market. But it sure ain't a buyer's market because you what the rates so low, man. I mean, we're quoting rates in two percent range. It's almost free money. Um, So. Uh, you know, you can buy up a little bit higher than than now, and I think it's a great opportunity for anyone to purchase. Uh, you know, we in Charleston and rent is so high. I mean, the cheapest place, mm-hmm. is a decent place, is twelve, thirteen hundred a month. I mean, you can buy a hundred eighty thousand dollar home for that. Unfortunately, wow. it might be hard to find a hundred eighty thousand dollar home in Charleston. <laughs> you got to go to, you know, it's just man, Charleston the nicest home starts at probably 200, $250,000. I mean wow. but you know you're probably looking at a payment about eleven, twelve hundred a month, so it's still a right. it's still a good situation to be in.
1: Yeah. That is a great situation. So one I need to go on and look at refine my uh little little town home I have down there that, huh.
5: Oh yeah. Now now investment loans aren't really you know, the market is not appeasing to investment loans. Uh, the market okay. is appeasing to purchases and refinancing um primary. Now nah, you'd probably be somewhere in the three percent range. I don't know where you are. It's just the way the market is right now. I mean, the the market is pushing for purchases and, and getting individual um you know lower interest rate than what they have. I mean, it's um, you know, but investors are, you know, somewhere in the three three percent range. Um okay. you know, it's now it's a good time to purchase some investment properties. I mean, you know, probably when you purchase yours, you probably will purchase in the four percent range, higher fours, but now, you know, mm-hmm. you get something in the threes. you know, that, you know, as an investor, every little dollar helps.
1: Yep, it does. It definitely does. It definitely does. Now, before we really get into the, the financial part of things, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? Um, what you've been doing since you left college, et cetera? All right.
5: Yeah, sure. Uh, My name's uh Anthony J. I'm actually from a little town called Latsy, South Carolina, which is about 20 miles, 15 miles outside of Charleston. Um, went to Stratford High School. Uh, went to the Citadel on a half baseball, half football scholarship in 86. Uh, played football and baseball. Uh, played football my freshman and sophomore year. And then I played baseball four years and played for Taft my sophomore year. And Coach Tav kind of put the, in my face, you're going to play football or baseball. Or you pick the choice. So, um, I picked baseball because I tore my knee up my freshman year, so I figured I'd last a little bit longer in baseball. So,
7: mm-hmm.
5: um, you know, I had the opportunity to probably play with two of the greatest coaches at the Citadel, Coach Taft and Coach Port, um, mm-hmm. two mastermind coaches. I mean, I, I, you know, those those two gentlemen got more of players than any coach that I would ever imagine of. Um, you know, they demanded a lot of you. Um and you know they were hard they were tough tough they were tough and I think it all made us tough when we played those big games I mean I can remember the times you guys mm-hmm. played the Arkansas and the and the USC and then when we went down there and won the regional and and beat the Miamis and the East Carolinas and the North Carolina states and um the LSU's and and the uh, um, Cal State Fullerton and went to the road series so you know all those hard practices all those mind games all those Mental things we did, you know repeating a play over and over and over the, the kids these days just I don't know man i I just don't know if they could have dealt with Port and Taft, maybe I'm wrong, oh, yeah. maybe I'm wrong, but but oh, yeah. you know, but yeah. uh, you know you could, and the thing coach Port did I was you know I was the best player, but he was just as hard as me on me than he was on the on the player that wasn't the best, and that's the way it was, and so yeah. um. You know, they just demand demanded so, so much. And I go back to all my lessons I learned there with Coach Cork, just the discipline and the organization. of the, the little things, man, the, those guys didn't miss the little things. The little things is so important. We know in life it's the, it's the little things. You know, we teach our kids all the time. It's the little things. The big things are going to come, but you got to take care of the little things. Are you, you know, you doing your chores? Are you respecting people? Are you – Working hard, you know the little things is, is is what they taught us, and I think that's why a lot of the guys who played for those guys ended up successful in life because of those life lessons and and things that we we learned. You know, we, we used to take a we used to take a test. Um, mm-hmm. Coach Port had this thing we call SOPs, which was standard operating procedures. So each, just like football had a playbook, we had a baseball right. book, and we took a test, and you had to mm-hmm. pass it. Um, so, and there were certain things that we did on different things in baseball, you know, people, imagine, well, what, there ain't no plays in baseball, there is plays. Um, so, um, you know, and, and everything was organized, you know, there was a clipboard and practice was organized to the tee, kind of like where you play for tap, you know, between four o'clock and four thirty, we were doing this, uh, you, this group over here doing this, this group over here doing this and they doing it right. You know, he stopped practicing, you know, you start over. Um, and so we've ran after, we've ran after games, you know, we didn't play well. We ran after games. So, you know, I remember the, the year we went, we had the great year. We won 26 games in a row. Um, we went to the world series. That was the year Hugo Hugo came in, um, mm-hmm. in 89. And we didn't have no offense, We didn't have no field We didn't, we had nothing bro We had all we but, you know, we had a senior lading team kind of like some of the great teams at the Soto We had about six seniors that played together for four years, and mm-hmm. we ran the team. You know, we, we held each other accountable. Um, you know, we demanded a lot of each other. Um, you know, there was no shortcuts on that team. You know, I said go back to that team, and most of the guys were from the low country on that team. Um, mm-hmm. Billy Baker was from James Island. A couple of guys from Stahl High School, I was from Stratford, uh Gattis was from James Island, um a couple of guys from Bamber Earhart, um Chris Coker, um mm-hmm. Dan McDonald well, Dan McDonald's from New York, and two of the guys on my team are probably the two highest baseball coaches in the country. Dan Dan McDonald mm-hmm. is probably one of the only million dollar baseball coach in the country and what he built at Louisville, and yeah. um and Chris Lamonas at Mississippi State. Yeah. One of the other things that Coach talked about was was God, God first, family and baseball. God was very important in everything we did and everything we talked about. So um, he made sure that you know we we understood our purpose. So, so I tell people all the time. I was one of the one of the few lucky ones. I think Tony School was probably one of the other ones to get to play for probably two of the greatest coaches in Soto history. Hey,
1: the. Um... Fifty percent of the World Series coaches, or actually twenty-five percent, excuse me, twenty-five percent of the World Series coaches were Citadel grads. Yep, well,
6: that's good. Yep.
1: So hey, the Citadel, the getting it done, baby, the Citadel getting it done. Now here's a question. Yeah. We talked about now. First of all, I agree with you. I don't think most of these kids today could play for Coach Town. Nah, they they would have quit. They would have they would have had a fit. Yeah, they would have. Yeah, they, they wouldn't been able to handle Coach Town. I, I don't believe they could have. Because um, I remember those days when we were in team and he'd blow the whistle and tell us to run all the way back to Cygnius Hall, which Cygnius Hall, uh, for those that haven't been on Citrus Campus, is probably, what, a quarter of a mile? Um, yep. No, it's probably, yeah, at least a quarter of a mile. A quarter to a half a mile yep. away from the, from the, from the uh, practice field. He told us, and sent one of the coaches there, to make sure everybody run back, touch Signia's Hall, come back out, and we're gonna start over from stretch. So we'll start over stretching, and we go back to individual, <laughs> we go through seven oh seven, half line, full line, we just did the practice over again. And again, this is before they had the twenty hour rule, of course. Um, but uh yeah, I don't think most guys will. But here's a question. Talk about you definitely played for two as a the uh, best coaches that ever came through the Citadel. Which one was tougher? Baseball or football and why?
5: Wow. I would probably have to say only reason why I would say baseball because I was with Coach Port longer. Um mm-hmm. I wasn't with Coach Taft that long, but I could see the impression and what he on some of you guys and athletes that he had but I would only mm-hmm. say only because I was with Coach Sport for four years and I was only for with Coach Taft for a short period of time. So right. um, that would be that would be my only reason for now. If I was four years, I don't know what I would have said. But, uh, again, I think from what I've seen and what I've heard, I think they both have their similarities. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they're, you're talking about two guys can get so much out of, you know, I wasn't the greatest athlete in the world. I, you know, I, I'll be at first to admit that, but mm-hmm. he got the most out of me um, yeah. and 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 put me in the position to succeed, and, and that's what they do best. They they put you in, in the position to be successful and be prepared, and as long as everybody's doing their job, and that was so, I think, incredible to both of them. Do your job. Don't worry about that person. You do your job. If you do yours and he does his, everything's going to work right. And and so I would just have to say Coach Port only because I was with him for such a long time, but I think at the end of the day, I think both guys, from what I've heard from other players, from players like you and other players who played for Coach Taft, the demand that they have on us. And I think, you know, we really appreciated those guys more when we got older in life. And when we started our journey in life, that's when we really appreciated those times that we had. We didn't right. appreciate it then. I know I didn't. But mm-hmm. when I look mm-hmm. back over it now, I tell you know, you may be smarter than me, you might, but you will never ever outwork me. I promise you
1: exactly.
5: You will you will never. never do that.
1: You will never do that. Yep. And that's 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 something that uh, they definitely instilled in us. Something they definitely instilled in us. Now. And speaking of that work ethic, now, one again, financial literacy is something that that I'm constantly talking about here with the West Foundation because I think it is just so important. Um, Mm -hmm. In your mind, how important is financial literacy? I I think it's important, but from your perspective, how important is it?
5: Oh, I I think it's critical to your, your ever being. I think it's critical to your life. I think it's critical to everything you ever do. I think one of the things we're hoping that they try to do is get final literacy in school, start out with high school. I think it should be a course on credit. Um, I think that is one of the greatest downfall in a lot of our community is credit. I mean, it, it, you, it has to be because everybody on the internet, all you see is I can fix your credit. I can take this off your credit. I can do this off your credit. It's like you get Mm -hmm. 900 responses, and so that tells you right there that we have not taken care of our credit. If you don't take care of your credit, you're not going to get a good job because a lot of jobs look at credit. Because if you don't look, if you don't have good credit, then they think you're not a, a financial stable person. They think you're not a dependable person. They're thinking you're not an honorable person. Um, if you're looking yeah. to get government clearance, if you're looking to get a big time government job, you gotta have good credit. If you're looking to buy a car, you got to have good credit or you're going you to be paying $600 a month for a car instead of $300 a month for a car. If you're mm-hmm. looking to buy a house. So there's so much dependable on credit. And I think everything starts there. I tell my daughter, you know, the first thing, we went to college. Y'all, did, what was the first thing on campus? Citibank giving us a credit card. He mm-hmm.
0: got a job. Mm-hmm. But they gave us
5: a credit card. Well, how we get? my mom almost killed me. She's still fussing me today about that. I got me a little credit card that I was
6: the biggest man on campus. Sorry. Yeah. Yes, sir. So I've, I've, I've also said that for years as well. Um, you know, when I got out of college trying to do the same things, not having a credit, it's like, well, why didn't somebody tell me about this years ago? So
5: mm-hmm. yeah,
6: in, in, your, in your experience, what, what do you think, what could you tell the listeners how to um, tell, what, what advice can they give their kids or kids listening on how to start building a credit at a young age?
5: Well, the first thing I would do is my my give you example. My daughter's 24, and mm-hmm. I told her in college, she get no credit cards, no nothing. You don't need no credit cards. You just need to go to school. I mean, we've been fortunate enough. Well, once you do get out, get you a small little credit card. Um, you know, something that you can handle. Um, and then also, you know, naturally you're gonna have, you're gonna need an automobile. But where we see a lot of mistakes is is People go way above their means Sure You know instead
6: of you
5: know Getting you something that you can You can handle you go out there that You can't handle I mean I was doing a loan for a lady She had a $900 car payment I said ma'am What are you driving
1: (laughs) A Hummer A Hummer
2: For what did she even own a house yeah. She was paying nine hundred dollars a month for a car, and didn't even own a house. Man, you can't sleep in the car.
5: That's right. So, but a lot of this, a lot of this is really, is uh, we don't see good credit, so we don't know how to get good credit. That's right. If Mama didn't have great credit. Daddy didn't have good credit. And how can they teach you how to get credit? Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same thing to cycle Buying a house If mama rent all her life We tend to want to do the same thing If mama lived in a mobile home I have nothing against yeah. mobile homes uh, wow. I want to live in a mobile home So so you, If you can get a house You know there's so many Great statistics on a house Kids your daughters 70% less to get pregnant um, There's so many statistics With owning a house But a lot of times it's a cycle in a, in a life or in a family. Mm -hmm. And um, so you have to see good credit and you have to be taught and you have to have those conversations with your kids at an early age. So they don't go out there and do that. I mean, I've seen kids credit report a charge off of the light bill when they were five years old. Well, guess what? Somebody used their social security number. And put a, mm-hmm. a a light bill in there I got a young lady with me The only way she can get her credit Straightened out She got to put her aunt in jail Because her aunt has her credit all messed up now, She refuses to put her aunt in jail But she's paying it poor Because her credit is jacked up I mean her aunt abused her credit So What we're hoping for And we hope hoping legislation proves it Is teach credit in In, in school Put it in high schools Put it as an elective Put it as a a course that uh, kids can understand because it it is so vital and so important because
8: if they don't get it at
5: home or some other means, then they're bound to get messed up.
1: So So that's definitely uh, something that we want to try to make sure that we can do. So so credit is definitely a thing that we want to hit. What other things are, are important that we should keep in mind from a financial literacy standpoint?
5: Well, you know, I, I, again, yeah, you know, as far as credit, you know, there's some important just some important things on credit, and I know a lot of people. Uh, the thing I see a lot of times on credit is people don't have enough credit, or you don't have the right type of credit, or mm-hmm. else uh, you you use up your credit, for your score. So let's say you have a let's say you have three credit cards, and they give you a balance of ten thousand each, so you have thirty thousand dollars to use. Now, if you max out those cards, let's say you maxed out and you got 9000 on one, 8000 on another one, and $7,000, you have maxed out of your cards. So uh, that's bad to the credit model. we like you to see 30% or below of balances. So if, you're, if your high credit is 10000 then we like to see it keep below 3000 or below. Now, you can – let's say you have three cards and it's $30,000 on and one card is high and the others are low, but you're still below that 30% for a total – then you should be okay. But the main thing is we like to see your card balances below 30%. That's the key there. One of the other things you can do is pay your card before the due date comes out. So if your credit card comes out on the 26th, don't wait till you get the bill to pay it. Pay it before it comes in and then you'll get that, uh, that better credit so when it reports to the credit bureau instead of saying that you owe a payment. One thing we also talked about is doing a double payment pays a payment, pay pay two thirds of the payment uh fifteen days before it's due, and then pay the other one three days before it's due and to the credit, looks like you made two payments. So there's a little few tricks in the trade to um uh trick to the model, but the main thing is you gotta have credit. I know a lot of people say, Oh, I just pay cash. No, you you got you have to get credit and that's the only way that unfortunately the model the model works. Um, and you have three credit bureaus. You have TransUnion, Equifax, and Experian, and um, and those are the three uh, credit bureaus. So the main thing is is to really just just look at your credit.
1: Right, right, okay. All right. So credit, 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 credit is the big thing. And of course, that's going to affect your mortgage as well. Um, and then real estate investment. So have, what, what about every, real estate
6: investment? So I was going to add too. Just today, I just you know just from being in uh you know the college you know realm of coaching kids and, and that i I see a lot of the the generation that's coming up now just not really understanding the value of an actual dollar you know yes. just kind of just not knowing what it is to actually work for that money
1: mm-hmm.
7: you know
6: yes. and that I think that's a huge huge misconception in the generation that's coming up that they're going to actually have to work and be accountable when they get out of school for their, right. their being, their families, and just not understanding that at a young age, I think we do a disjustice to the generation that's, you know, that's coming through right now. Because I know, and just like you guys know, I'm sure you had to do work on Saturdays after school. It didn't matter what it was. You had Stuff to do, whether dad said it, mom said it, grandparent, whoever said it, you had stuff that you had to do to understand if you want any kind of extra income, if you want to buy something, well, that's on you. Right. You mm-hmm. know, so I definitely see that a lot more in, you know, the kids I, I'm dealing with and coaching right now as well.
0: Yeah.
6: Yeah. And I think, well, I think the main thing is that these kids.
5: Have to understand. You say to understand the value of the dollar, but you have to understand just the value of life in general and what that means. And a lot of times,
2: some of these kids
5: aren't taught these things. You know, I learned after college. Uh, when I, you know, so it's not like I learned it in college. I was thankful that I had some some men in my life who took me by the side and say, "Hey, this is what we got to do," and that's what we have to do more of. Is we've got to mm-hmm. take more time with these kids. Um, you know, I grew up with, you know, with some uncles and some cousins and and who looked out for my well-being and and really sat me down and said, hey, if you want to have this nice car, you if you want to have these nice things, this is what you want to do. I used to have a, a grand uncle. He would pick me up every other Saturday to cut his grass, and he was driving the biggest Mercedes in the world. And, man, I used mm-hmm. to sit in that thing and say, like, God, Lord, I'd love to have me one day, yeah. one day and... <laughs> and um, and he would he would talk to me, and he'd say, "Hey, you know, just like you cut grass on weekends and make some extra money, you've gotta work hard, you gotta get your grades, you gotta go to school, you gotta get a good education, yeah, sports is there. use that as a tool to get to where you wanna be, but you've gotta study, and you gotta work hard and you, and you gotta work hard, and so um, and I think that sometimes." You know, even as athletes, and sometimes things in life sometimes come easy to some of us, and we, we try to put sometimes the other part of that in our life, and sometimes it, it hurts us or fails us. Or we hear the outside noise on, you don't need to listen to Coach Sands, you don't need to listen to this coach, you know. And so uh, sometimes they get the bad information from the wrong people instead of getting it from somebody who knows it and who understands it. And who's looking out for their benefits.
1: Right, right. That's so true. That's so true. Now let me ask you this question. Uh, just going back to the credit for a second. Um at times there is a credit card that you can go on and and put money on and then use it as a credit card. Does that help your credit or does that not show?
5: Yeah, it does. A secure credit card. Um mm-hmm. I do recommend those sometimes for bars, but what you're doing is you got a, you know, if you got a hundred dollars and um, you want to put in an account and, and a lot of banks will secure that card as your in case, you don't pay it. Then they got the hundred dollars, but, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's, that's a, if you've got bad credit and you're trying to establish um, yes, that is one of the means uh, that you can, that you can utilize to do it. There are a few banks out there that will keep, first Premier is probably one of them that, They'll give you a credit card, and the rate's going to be jacked up, probably thirty-three um, hmm. percent. But you know, you can you can um, you can get a card. So um, the best thing is, that, you know, I tell anybody, whether you' in college, high school, adults, you know, you should always keep an eye on your credit. There's a lot of fraud going on out here. There's a lot of stuff happening. Um, you never know, you know, what could happen to your credit. So I tell people, just check at it every six months. Um, what you would do through your, through your bank or, or whatever means that you have, just keep an eye on your credit because there's a lot of fraud going on out in the world. All right, all right.
1: That's that right there. And I, I pray the Lord didn't happen to me, but I thought talk, talk a good day happen. It's definitely not what you want. Wait,
5: wait, wait. Oh, no, oh, no. I've known some people happen in there, it, 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 they'll never get that stuff cleaned up because of what has happened with the fraud. So um, I, I, that's why I told them, please check your credit and, you know, be careful who you're giving your information to. Um, you know, uh, just just try to be careful. We're living in an age where, you know, it's tough. So I see a lot of people, you know, they have, they've they got these little fancy little wallets and put their cards on their cell phones, iPhones, and, you know, everybody's into the tech world.
1: And so, you know, you just got to be careful. Right, right. Hey, we appreciate you coming on. And there is going to be a time when we uh, do another um, show. And it's going to be specific about financial uh, literacy. So we're probably going to see if we can get you back All on. For right. that credit.
5: Okay, great, man. Um, thank you. Thank you. I thank you guys. I thank you for what you're doing and, and if I can, be, you know, talk to anybody, help anybody, just let me know, please. I'd be glad to.
1: I appreciate it. Is there a way that people can find you?
5: Yes. Um, My phone number is 843-509-4850. Um, is a am on uh, Facebook as Anthony Jenkins. I'm on LinkedIn as Anthony Jenkins. So um, I always post a lot of uh, valuable information. Um, But yeah, anyone who is looking to buy a home, I'm licensed in 41 states, Um, or if you're looking to buy a business, I'm an SBA lender, Um, or if you're looking to do some fix and flips, um, or some other types of investments, buy some rental properties, buy multifamily properties, develop some land, your family got some land, and you don't, please don't sell it, develop it. Uh, We can help you do those things. So um, let me know if I can be in assistance to anyone.
1: All right. Hey, well, we appreciate it. You have a great night and we're going to go to a quick break and we'll be back in a few.
0: All right, Get you real good Gonna get you with the One, two, three Back me up Ramp and jump
8: What do you got to do to separate yourself? What time is that? What time are they getting up? Good. So you need to be up at least by what? Seven. Am I better than the other motivational speakers? I don't know if I'm more talented than them. I just know I get up at three o'clock and put my videos out first. I just know I do five a day. So if you're actually better than me, nobody will know. I'm separating myself. I'm putting myself out on Sunday night in the shy, but in the world, it's Monday. So what are you doing to separate yourself? Two, three more. Talk to me. What are you doing? Wake up early. I love it. What are you doing? Accountability. Coach ain't got to tell you. Your mama ain't got to tell you. Your daddy ain't got to tell you. But that's what happens when you got an entitled spirit and you think you're there already. You don't hold yourself accountable. Just because a man is on top one day, it don't mean you going to be on top forever. And just because you're not on top today don't mean you ain't going to be on top forever. Like, don't try to be something. You, like, don't listen to stuff on and try to be something you're not all right don't be like a studio gangster right for some of y'all you come from good backgrounds like embrace that some of y'all come from good homes good parents you got two parents at the crib or you got your mom and your dad both involved in your life your mom pray with you and you get out the house trying to act like you feel me look like I told y'all for I'm from the side. you can look up my birth certificate I went to school too in Detroit you can look it up I don't got to act like I'm hard I don't gotta act like I'm nothing. Like I'm going to be who I am. I don't care how much money I got. I don't care how much fame I got. We all humans. Be who you are, bruh. Whoever you are, wherever you come from. You come from the suburbs, you ain't gotta claim like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you from the north side of Chicago, you ain't gotta be you from the suburbs. You ain't gotta be like, yo, I'm from I'm from the west side. You ain't got to try to claim something you're not or be something you're not like. Be comfortable in your own skin is what I'm trying to tell y'all. That's how I blew up.
1: Hey, how's everybody doing? Uh, We're back. Carlton Terry, how you doing?
7: I'm doing well. How are you, sir?
1: I'm doing well, man, doing well. Thank you for joining us today, everybody. This is Carlton Terry, the head football coach from Conway High School, and uh, we're definitely excited to have you on today.
7: I'm excited to be here.
1: Well, hey, and uh, I don't know how many people know, but Carlton Terry and I played uh, played together. Now Carlton was the man; I was just trying to be a man, but Carlton was the man, and uh, he went and played at the University of Western Carolina, and uh, we had an opportunity to play against each other as well. So, uh, yeah, so those a good time. What have you been up to since you left, since, well, we know you're not a head coach, but what were you doing before that?
7: Well, when I left Western, uh, I graduated and started working at Conway National Bank as a computer programmer. And then I transitioned to be a loan officer and I I worked there for 15 years before um, making the transition to teaching. Um, But I, I, Started coaching here as a volunteer At Conway In 1993 So um, it's been a, a, a good ride for me We uh, I've learned a lot And grown a lot a lot Over the years And um, I owe that a lot to Conway football
1: Well good Now before we start getting heavy into football We were actually just talking To Anthony Jenkins um, And just talking about financial literacy the mm-hmm. um i know you spent several years in the banking world um from a financial literacy standpoint what do you think is uh is two of the top things that people need to concentrate on
7: well in this difficult time uh paying bills on time uh establishing good credit and mm-hmm. uh not spending more than you make you know a, a lot of people want to live like the joneses as they say but uh, you have to live within your means, and you know, being able to plan and, and set goals, financial goals, is is what you should do. Um, and you know, after the tithing, you should you should save as well. So you save for
1: those rainy days. Mm-hmm. Now you know, I actually read somewhere once that um, instead of doing eighty ten ten, which is Ten percent ties, ten percent savings, and then of course you live off the eighty. You want to eventually get to a point where it's seventy, ten, ten, ten. Whereas the ten yeah. percent ties, the ten percent savings, but then it's ten percent active investing, whether that's right. real estate, stock market, or whatever, and then live off the seventy percent. Um, yes. That's... Yes.
7: Yeah, cool. um, that's a good good rule of thumb, and that's a, a good goal to shoot for is being able to live off that 70% and uh, be able to invest and make that money work for you. Um, what young people don't understand is, um, investing at an early age, uh, especially Mm -hmm. in their retirement and that stuff because they don't see themselves, um, being old for number one, but, uh, that's the that's the best thing a, a young person can do is, is begin to invest in in their future.
1: hmm Because here's something that uh I've learned as well. There's power in compound interest. Oh yes. And you understand it, it will work for you. But if you don't, you will pay for. It. So, hey, I'd rather have that compound interest working for me than me paying that compound interest. Well, they
7: say that one of the strongest forces on earth is uh, compound interest.
1: (laughs) Right. No doubt about it. No doubt. But that's enough going back to your old school. Um, Now, again, pandemics affected everybody. How has it affected you all down in Conway? Well,
7: number one, the way we gather as a team, uh, mm-hmm. wearing face masks, being uh, being compliant with social distancing, but also um, just families. You know, we have some kids that have family members with existing conditions, or older parents or grandparents that they live with, and some of them aren't able to play because they don't want to take the chance of uh contracted it and taking it home and someone getting sick or you know worst case scenario dying from uh from the coronavirus but um it's affected everybody in some way um whether you um young old um well established financially or poor it's affected everybody in, in some way
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, how does it affect your preparation?
7: Well, in the beginning of the summer, we wasn't able to meet. So we did a lot of stuff virtually, especially, uh, lifting weights. Um, that's where it hurt us the most. We wasn't able to, um, come together and lift weights as a, as a team. Um, guys had to do their body weight who didn't have access to, uh, weights themselves. We, uh, we had a lot of participation in the virtual meetings, but mm-hmm. there's nothing like, you know, seeing one of your players and putting your hands on them and hugging them. Or, you know, it's it's been different. And when we first came back, we were able to meet. We had the group kids where they had to stay distant. We had, in the beginning, we had uh, nine guys that we could have in a group. And then it elevated mm-hmm. to uh, 15. So it was a challenge, and you had to be organized in order to go through practices and conditioning because, right. you know, safety more than anything else.
1: <clears throat> so it's uh, definitely a, a challenge for everybody at every level. Uh, but how do you think yes. your kids have handled it?
7: You know, overall, I think our kids are handling it well. Um, the problem sometimes is uh, there are kids that think they're invisible and, and don't think they will contract it. So we have to stay on them about, you know, wearing a face mask and, you know, practicing the distancing thing. But um, overall, I think our, our kids are
1: handling it well. Good. Okay. Uh, has the pandemic changed your actual schedule? You all you all haven't had to miss a game or anything yet, have you? Or have any of your opponents had to miss a game? Or how has that affected you?
7: Some of our opponents have, have missed games um,
1: mm-hmm.
7: because someone either associated with the team or a team member has contracted the virus and um, – it it shut that program down for a week or two. Right. And um, we actually had to find another game for this Friday because one of the teams um, had to postpone a game from earlier, a region game that we have to play. So Mm -hmm. they ended up uh, having to play that team and we're a non-region opponent for them. So, it took precedence over us playing this
1: weekend. Right, right. Yeah, because I was planning on heading to Conway. Uh, right. I think Blythe was supposed to play. So I, I was going to get some daddy-daughter time. My daughter and I was going to head down to the game. And I looked today, preparing for uh, you coming on, and I was like, they don't play Blythewood this week. <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, I guess I had a call, call back to my mom and dad said, well, maybe I won't come into town this week. Or maybe I'll still come out. Who knows? We'll see. That's we'll right. See. We'll see. We'll see. Uh-huh. So, come on. But, uh, yeah. Now, you all, how many games are you all playing this year?
7: We're actually playing eight. Um, we had seven on the schedule, and then there's four playoff games. But if you didn't make the playoffs, you're allowed to play one additional game uh, okay. during the week of the first round of the playoffs. So we're going down okay. to Ashley Ridge to play them um, because both of us uh, didn't make the playoffs. The top two teams in the region go to the playoffs.
1: Okay. So is, when is that, next week or two weeks from now, or when is that?
7: Two weeks from now,
1: hmm Okay. Two weeks. So only the top yeah. two teams made the play.
7: Only the top okay. two teams in the region. Our region is a five team region. Um but you have some regions that are eight regions, so right. That's uh that's kinda tough. But you know I'm just glad we were able to play football this year, you know, for our yeah. seniors our seniors who are trying to go to the next level, giving them an opportunity to to have some films to show scouts, college scouts.
1: Right. Now, how has that been? Now, because it's – here's what normally happens. Of course, I know you know, but I'm sort of explaining for everybody that's listening. Um, you normally have spring practice. Um, then after spring practice, you have summer camps. And then you get into your fall season. And for most Mm -hmm. kids, um, by the time they get to August, they either have offers in hand, have already committed, or have it narrowed down. This is totally different because there was no spring practice. There were no summer camps. So it's really coming down to this fall getting that last look. How has that been for your seniors, and how has the whole recruiting process been for them? Um,
7: It goes back to not being able to showcase themselves in the spring and and go to camps in the summer. So basically, uh, the recruiters are uh, contacting me, asking me for a list, a list of Mm -hmm. uh, potential uh, players for them. And they go and they look at huddle, huddle film. So that they can, um, so that they can evaluate these kids and and see if they want to take a chance on
1: offering them. Right. right. So it's, it's almost going back to like what we were playing.
0: Right. 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 Uh, the whole process has moved up so much.
1: Now this is sort of slowing down again.
7: Uh, I'm sorry. Repeat that.
1: I said the whole process was moved up and because uh, 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 most of the bigger schools by this time, they're already on versus, uh, for the most part. A lot of those guys have to remain on this year's class. Right. Right. So I imagine that's going to help some kids and hurt some others. So it's
7: yeah, it's, it's definitely a, a challenge. But uh, again, I'm just glad uh, our seniors got an opportunity to play, and um, hopefully they'll get a chance to go to the next level.
1: Right, right. We're well, good. Good. The, uh, the now the other thing that usually happens around this is uh, the juniors start getting looked at.
7: Uh,
1: are right. the juniors on this as well?
7: Um, our uh, juniors. Uh, they're kind of lagging behind because mm-hmm. uh, they would have attended some camps this summer, uh, you know, on those campuses, and, and more than likely gotten some interest. But um, I guess what the colleges are doing now, they're securing the seniors, and then they will make an attempt to recruit the, the younger guys.
8: But, you know, they're
7: looking at film as well. Right on our guys too.
1: Okay. Now, do you think the signing date in December will be as big as it's been in the years past, or do you think it'll be February will be the bigger signing date again?
7: I think um, I think it, it it will be fine in in yeah. December. Um, right. These guys are. I mean, these college recruiters—they're actively going after. Talent and uh you know sometimes talent just jumps off the page, and that's kind of what they look at first, but um they mm-hmm. having to do some um they having to do some you know additional work to find to find the the diamonds in the rough
1: right right, and then the other aspect from a recruiting standpoint is. You won't get an opportunity to really sit down and talk with these kids, so everything is Zoom. So it's right. You know right. It's so they'll be signing some kids without some of them without ever sitting in their homes or ever sitting and talking to them face to face.
7: That's true. And you find out so much about a,
1: you know a person
7: sitting in the room with yep. them, looking them in the eyes, asking them questions, and checking That's their right. reactions and the answers. So so you may. You may, in fact, get a person that you wouldn't ordinarily get because Mm -hmm. you didn't have that chance to have that one-on-one time with with the kid and and the parents because, you know, a lot of times you see something in the parents and a lot of kids follow follow that suit because that's what they've seen all their lives.
1: Yep, and then it's also the same way vice versa as well with the recruiters. Because there's times when a recruiter gets in a house and the family just sort of attaches to him. And it's like, hey, this is a guy I like my kid to be mentored by. That by is very true. So it's, it, it goes both ways. So it's going to be an interesting
7: year. Yeah. It'll be a, yeah. It sure and will. Definitely. That's a different perspective, but, but true nonetheless.
1: Right, right. So, Well, good, good. Now, how is St. James looking?
7: St. James is a well all machine. They um, they do a lot of good things. They mm-hmm. coach very well, and uh, they have some talent over there. So, you okay. know, a lot of times the ball doesn't bounce your way and uh, you lose games. But um, it's a dangerous game for us because we beat them earlier in the season. So, right. you know, just trying to prepare the kids not to go in uh, mm-hmm. overconfident, but respect yeah. your opponent, always.
1: Yep. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt about it. And the, um, you know, we used to joke that, you know, they was talking about building a bridge from Bucksport over there. Uh-huh. Technically, they uh-huh. do that. that yep. uh, it'd be short over there, but you say, hey, either the bridge is going to blow up or Coach Jordan's going to retire if that happens. So well, I guess that bridge... Been built, has it?
7: It hasn't been built and as long as they have dynamite it won't be, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: <It>
7: Explosives.
1: <us. laughs> oh, we're good man, good. good. Hey good. How is uh West, West Carolina? It looks like the Southern Conference are gonna have uh football in the spring.
7: Yes, but I've been told that uh, Western's going to play North Carolina uh, sometime in the near future, and I think that's you know more of a money game. But um, right, the Southern Song decided not to play, which you know that's Mm -hmm. they had to make that decision based on the safety of of their
1: players. Exactly, exactly. Which I wonder how that's going to be. You're going to play an eight game schedule in the spring. So they'll probably finish in April and then July you're preparing for another season. So you got mid, June, July. So two and a half, maybe three months, and then you're back at it again. Um, That's going to be tough physically uh, for some of those players
7: now. That's a lot of wear and tear on the body. Uh, You need more recovery time, I believe, in football than any other sport. And, um, you may see a lot more kids opt out of playing so that, especially if they have a chance to go to the next level, um, right. they're not going to risk getting injured to uh, to play in the spring.
1: Yeah, that's true. So It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. Hey, but hey, it's about time for us to wrap this up, man. Good luck to you all this week. And,
7: well, uh, thank you. Thank well,
1: you always. If you, if you look up to see me on the sideline, I don't act like you don't know me.
7: Oh, man, there's nothing but love
1: where we come from, brother. (laughs) Hey, man. Hey, you take care, man. Good luck again uh, this weekend, and we'll talk here sometime soon.
7: Okay. Thank you so much.
1: Hey, thank you. Hey, we're going to go to a break, and we'll be back.
2: it's like the summer's a natural aphrodisiac, and with a pen and pad, I compose this rhyme to hit you and to get you equipped for the summertime. Yet. Hustle to the mall to get me a short set. Yeah, I got on sneaks, but I need a new pair. Cause basketball courts in the summer, got girls there. The temperature's about 88. Hop in the water plug, just for old time's sake. Break to your crib, change your clothes once more. Cause you're invited to a barbecue to start with four. Sitting with your friends, the shawl reminisce about the days growing up and the first person you kiss. And as I think back, makes me wonder how the smell from a grill can spark up nostalgia. All the kids playing out front, little boys messing around, but the girls playing double dutch. While the DJ spinning a tune as the old folks dance at your family reunion. Then six, the clock rolls around. You just finished wiping your car down. It's time to cruise, so you go through the summertime, hang out, it looks like a car show. Everybody come looking real fine, fresh from the barbershop, the blog, the beauty salon.
6: You're listening to Sports Unlimited on Southern Sports Central. And it starts right now.
9: The way you're Sunday the bed.
6: All right. Well, I just want to welcome everybody to the show tonight. We have Bruce live with us tonight. Bruce, uh, how's everything going um, with you since you uh, retired?
10: I would tell you, it's,
6: it's been wonderful. And,
10: uh, you know, it's, it's been a great career and, and uh, an opportunity now to spend some time being a good alumni of the Citadel. So. I got you. Well,
6: t- take me through before. Uh, pre-retirement just take me through uh, You played at the Citadel And uh, just tell us a little bit About after how you got Started in your career and uh, Kind of the steps and the processes That you went through uh, Getting to that point to where you are today
10: it, Well it Is kind of an interesting story and um, I, I grew up in Columbus Georgia uh, And uh, I Came to the Citadel being recruited by A couple of guys um, uh, that That one of them was actually from my hometown, and uh they 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 um, did a great job of showing me what the school was all about and uh uh the opportunities that were going to be presented at the school as, as a graduate of the school and uh the one thing about it i was I was actually sort of looking for a military re- uh, regimentation just because my dad had spent twenty three years in the army, but he did not want me to go in the army, and in all in all truthfulness, he really didn't want me to go to the citadel he he thought that it was going to be Army centric and um uh, he just he had, he came through the army uh when it was segregated and he, he joined the army in thirty six and retired in fifty eight and uh so uh he, he let me make that decision, but I had already been accepted at the Naval Academy. So um uh not having to go in the navy, which you, you had to go in and the citadel was was telling me that I didn't have to go in the military if I didn't want to and so that 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 opportunity to be able to to get the military training and and still have that regimentation and uh, and do something a little different because the other colleges that were recruiting me they all talked about uh, redshirting me uh, and and for me to spend a year getting bigger and stronger and faster but I came to the to the, to the campus to play and um, and the the opportunity was presented when I got there as a freshman and I just never
6: never looked back. Yeah, I don't blame you taking advantage of your opportunity is definitely key um, to to success. Um, it's a vital component um, to that. A lot of times, people are presented with opportunities and they don't even know that they're in front of them. Um, so, what tonight? Let's. Uh, I just want to talk to you a little bit about uh, financial literacy and what that means. What does that actually mean to you? What does that look like you know, in terms of? Um, just being being successful. Well, there are a lot of there are a lot of ways to be successful in this world,
10: you know. And there's no no strict thing that you have to do is you have to have discipline in your spent in your ex, ex, uh, your expenditures that you're going to, to make and keeping yourself within with living within your means, okay. And and that can be at a at a number of different levels. What I will tell you is that you know. One of the things that college taught us was how to live on a very meager budget. And those, those, anyone that has gone through college understands what that means. And, and as a college student, if you find yourself um, not understanding what, what financial literacy is, it's because you have just forgotten the world that you came from. Very few, finance, very few college students, you may have a, a one, one or two percent that will go through college and not struggle. And uh that financial literacy is is making sure that you just continue to live within your means. Whatever dollars you're making out there, you can still be a success in in, in, in the financial world as long as you don't try to out, outlive those means and try to expend dollars that you don't have. As my dad used to say, you cannot borrow yourself out of debt. So <laughs> have, you, you you have you have to be cautious and and, and don't be so 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 prideful that you that you don't continue to live within your means. So some people are going to have more means, some are not. But but you, as a as a human being, have got to understand that you must stay within that within that that uh, spending level that you're at, and you can still live a very yeah. nice life. So.
1: Yep, that's very um, true.
6: Very true. Hey, are you back with us?
1: Yes, I'm back. Sorry I had a little technical difficulties for some reason. I don't know what was going on. But, hey, I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. Glad to have yeah. you. Hey,
10: Everett. Yes, sir. First of all, Justin, Everett, I want to thank you all for having me on the show this, this evening. I really appreciate this opportunity uh, to speak to your audience, and um, I just can't thank you both enough for this.
7: Hey.
1: I appreciate you joining us and I apologize for the technical difficulties that I've had, but uh, uh Justin has done a great job at picking up and uh and I definitely appreciate him being on here as well. So but uh the um now have you talked a little bit about uh just how one of the questions I had was how did athletics and what you learned there, how did that affect your transition into the military?
10: Well, what what I would tell you is that you know the Citadel gives everybody a foundation
1: in the military. They
10: they that's part of the premise of the school. Uh, they take you through regimentation. They take you through 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 a a very intense training period for for nine months of your life, and it teaches you a discipline that 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 you just can't pay for at any other college. Right. Uh, so so that that side of it. Is something that everybody gets. You know, everybody mm-hmm. gets to, to learn how to march, how to stand in line, how to salute, and all all of the the, the various um, uh, regiment regimented movements that you're going to have in, in a military um, uh, environment. But one of the right. things that the, that, the, that sports does, and those that have the opportunity to play in on the on the athletic fields or courts or whatever environment that you may be it provides you an opportunity in leadership that you just can't get anywhere else that that environment that the, that a, that an athlete goes into they learn work ethic and they learn how to be a leader by displaying that from the ground up okay you're not, you're not given anything on the athletic field nobody gives you a thing Everything you get there is from your work ethic and the things that you show people that you're capable of doing. That is what right. leadership is all about. Leadership is not about yeah. somebody saying, "Okay, you're in charge now everybody has to follow you. That mm-hmm. is not in anybody's wild imagination the way that the world is going to treat you as a leader in the military. okay? You still have to prove yourself every day when you show up you need to be you need to be there you need to be the the, the first one in last one out. It's the same way on the, on the athletic field. You need to be the first one down there working on your craft. You need to be the last one out working on your craft. And, and when you hear about true leaders, that is what you see in every one of them, okay? That is why people will follow them blindly, okay? Uh, and that is the, the world that, that I will tell you that I was fortunate enough to, to be in, and those of us that were athletes and in, in, in the, at the collegiate level, we have all had that environment that we've had a chance to, to take those lessons that we learned and take those to the next level of, of a business or a corporation right. or the military.
1: Mm-hmm. That's very true. Very true. The um, Now, all the stuff that you learned from being an athlete, all the things you learned uh, while you were in the military, once again, it was a transition that you had into the work world. How did mm-hmm. that? transition to uh, what you did once you got into the normal civilian working world. Well,
10: what I will tell you is that each one of these environments, some of them are controlled environments that you that you have the opportunity to be in, and the, the sports world, the, the military is a very controlled environment. But you mm-hmm. also have to understand that while you're in the military, you have to step outside of that. And you have to prepare yourself for that transition because the worlds are different, okay? From right. from the the world that you that you're in, in the military is very very sterile. There are things that mm-hmm. that happen very controlled, and and things that you that you can become accustomed to, and you can become almost immune to what's going on in the in the in the civilian world. But right. I was very fortunate that I worked in a career field. That made me not only myself have to transition and work with uh, with my civilian counterparts, but it also mm-hmm. gave me an opportunity to bring other senior military officials that that were that were my peers and take them out into the into the civilian world. Okay, and and we mm-hmm. and once you expose yourself to that that environment, it it makes for a much easier transition. So right. for, for me. It was, it was a little bit easier just because I took off the uniform, but I understood the work ethic that was happening in, just from talking and being mentored because you still need a mentor as you transition mm-hmm. into that civilian world. Okay, so I will tell you the key to any success is to have a great mentor, okay? It's the same as coming into the military or going into any environment that's different from where you came from. We all need mentors, so that is that's is the real key to success but I, but the, the the work ethic that you get as a young person coming through college coming through through your your, your grind that you have of learning your your craft that work mm-hmm. ethic cannot change and and that is something that has to be a part of you that you start early on once you develop that work ethic it will transition to everything that you do
1: now what was your role in the military
10: uh, I started out as a as, as when I was when I came in as a second lieutenant, I was a missileer, and I uh, so I was responsible for launching nuclear missiles. Uh, they they brought me into a, a top secret environment and uh, a very uh, stressful environment in which we had to maintain a, a, a very high ac- academic uh, uh, readiness. Uh, we had to maintain a, a 90% readiness for training there was nothing that was accepted below 90%. You know, 70% is what you graduate with in in, in college.
0: Mm-hmm.
10: Well, in this particular career field, you had to be at 90% or higher all the time. So the majority your 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 goal was to be at 100%. So right. we had to maintain that kind of proficiency because you there's there's no 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 chance for mistake when you're dealing with nuclear weapons. I got the yes. opportunity to do that for for four years. Ran into a mm-hmm. lot of Citadel grads up in Minot, North Dakota, and um, uh, it was a career field that that if you if all that you want to do is just deal with one one or two other people, uh, you can you can have a team that 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 and and be proficient in that in that arena, uh, because it was only a two man team each time you went out on alert. So we had to pull alerts for 24 mm-hmm. hours. Got forty-eight hours wow. off during that time. We had training, uh, but but mm-hmm. we were also in an environment. Minot, North Dakota. It was still North Dakota, and um, you know, having grown up grown mm-hmm. up in the South, that was not a place that I necessarily wanted to raise a family or remain there for the remainder of my career. So mm-hmm. uh, I was fort- I was fortunate enough to to go from there to to uh, become a a public affairs officer and. Uh, that was a unique story because I got to cross train out of a, a, a career field that they were not releasing people. But I, I met the head of public affairs for the Air Force. Uh, I was selected to give him a briefing, uh, which was you know one of the most powerful bases in the nation at the time. And um, mm-hmm. so I took him took him on his, on what we call our distinguished visitor tours. And he told me at the end of the tour, he said, "Anybody that can make this place look like it's a place you you want to be," he said, "I need you on my team." <laughs> so uh <laughs> Lo and lo and behold, he made the phone call to the assignment folks and I received a notification a couple of weeks later and said, Hey, we're gonna cross train you into this, this career field so that you can tell the story about the Air Force. Uh, went okay. into public affairs and never looked back and uh nice. uh got 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 the opportunity to travel around the air force and around the world, uh um being a communicator. And I, you know, uh, other than the, the formal training that I had when I was talking on television and, and doing interviews as an athlete, uh, the the uh, the military put me through a a school called Defense Information, and uh, it was a school of, of journalism and, and and public affairs, and uh, they, okay. it's a very, another very intense school. So I got to learn how to deal with the media and, and deal with the public. So that was that nice. was what I did for the, for the next eighteen years until I started. To command and got picked up for command uh and leading yeah. more people, so I got to lead units that were three hundred and thirty and uh another unit that was four hundred and sixty so uh gave me an opportunity to to do what all good officers want to do, and that's to lead people okay It's not about yeah. leading a, uh, a mission it's it's more so about leading people and um
1: mm-hmm. it has
10: it has served me well
1: yeah well good good and now. Uh we were talking a little bit earlier, um, and you said I know you were the V P of communications with Operation Homefront. Um
10: mm-hmm.
1: but I guess COVID has sorta of made you shift gears a little bit, huh?
10: It did. And and I am I am now retired, retired. Spend my time um giving back to an environment that, that really put me on the road to success. And that, that is my college. Okay, the citadel. Uh I'm mm-hmm. now very active with the alumni association there, and uh, uh, fortunately, fortunately for me, they, the the um, the alumni they they have given me some opportunities to be in some great leadership roles there, and to be involved with the students and in uh, a mentoring program that I developed, and so it is it has really just given me a, a shot in the arm. Now, you know, I tell people I said you know everything that I do is for a cause. There, you know, it's mm-hmm. not necessarily for money. Because fortunately, I put myself in a financial position that 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 I get paid every month, and um, you, you know, go. I, don't, I don't, As I said, I don't live with, with outside of my means, so it is mm-hmm. a very comfortable life for me and my family. And um, right. now I get to now I get to 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 train others and help them on a the road to success, very similar to what I had, and um, mm-hmm. any opportunity that I have to to influence a young person. That is that is my goal in life right now. And I, I will tell anyone that anything that I do is gonna be for a cause. So I, when I was with Operation Homefront we were taking care of military families. Even when I was with the federal government, we were taking care of low income families. Well right. and like I said, I grew up I grew up as youngest of seven in a low income family. Okay, and, mm-hmm. and so I understand living within your means. And and I've known that since I was a young kid. So uh, it's nothing, nothing to be ashamed about, but but we all need to to make sure that that we are are taking care of and and thriving in whatever environment that we're
1: in. So. Very true, very true. Live within your means. Now you know there was a statement made earlier, and I think is is definitely uh, a lot of truth to it. And please give your opinion on how you can overcome it. I um, was we talking earlier about how parents always rent it. You're probably going to rent. If your parents have bad credit, the likelihood is you're going to have bad credit. Um, but, again, we of course, life is full of choices. Um, but what's the best way to break that, um, that sort of generational curse, so to speak, or whatever it is, uh, to put yourself in a better situation?
10: One of the things I tell people is that everyone needs a mentor outside of your family, okay? Right. There are people outside of your family that can help you break that paradigm, okay? If the only people mm-hmm. that you talk to or trust are the ones that, that you grew up with, you're going to find yourself staying in that same level of of success.
5: Mm-hmm. We all
10: need Be able to find someone outside Of that level or have them find Us okay so Don't be immune to finding And meeting other people don't Don't find yourself just staying around Those same individuals That you grew up with and That you all start to to feed Off one another that same negative life Sometimes you just Have to step outside of that paradigm And when you start to associate Yourself with others that are successful they can help you to do some things differently than what you were doing growing up, okay you know I, mm-hmm. as i said i don't i don't don't deny my, my 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 boyhood friends and and we are lifelong friends, but it doesn't exactly. mean that that's the only world that I'm going to grow up in, okay, and mm-hmm. that those are the only people that I'm going to be around.
8: We have exactly. to
10: understand that there are other people out there that we can learn from. And to be able to transcend to an, another different level, whether it be financially or academically. But, but mm-hmm. don't think that the world has to be exactly as it is where you are, because it's not about where you come from. It's about where you're going to. Okay. Exactly. And, and I, find, yep. I found myself doing a lot of this when I was talking to the low-income families as I traveled around the country, talking to these families and talking to these kids that were living in the same kind of environment that I grew up in. I was Mm -hmm. blessed to get an athletic scholarship that lifted me to an educational level, but I could have still just gone back to that world and and only thought that that was the way that the world should be. But fortunately, I had good mentors. I had people that were were coming from different parts of the country, and I listened and I learned. And, And that is what it's really about is continuing to educate yourself and bettering yourself. Okay. Because your your parents had bad credit, they may not have had the educational level. I mean my, my dad had an eighth grade education guys. One of the smartest guys I know. Did not get himself in trouble financially because he lived within his means. But that means right. was one that, that needed a lot of assistance. And fortunately I had a mother that was not willing to that was that was not ashamed to ask for assistance when she needed it. My dad was a little bit more prideful. But that was something that, that, you know, he still taught us all a good work ethic. He he had two, three jobs that he would work, and the only time I got to see him was if I went to one of his jobs with him. But that did not stop me from understanding that you still have to learn from others. My dad is not the only person that I have to listen to. I have to be able to learn from other people as well to expand my horizon.
4: That's
10: true. Okay? So, so, so like I said, getting the right mentor, getting someone that you see that's, that's, that's a, a, a rising star. You don't have to be just like them, but don't be afraid to talk to them and ask them what is their their way of doing things. How how did they rise? Because you'll find that some of them had to, came from the same type of environment that you came from, okay?
4: Mm-hmm.
10: They, they may have come from someone with bad credit. They may have grown up with a single parent but they changed their paradigm because they reached out to others that were doing things that were successful. So it's, it's truly not about you knowing everything that there is to know, but you can't be ashamed or afraid to go out and learn something new. And in today's society, man, it's nothing like when we were growing up. Kids got, they have they have information at the tip of their fingers, right in that cell phone and with Google and all the access. I mean, we had to go to mm-hmm. Britannica encyclopedias. To try to find yeah, exactly. out what's going on. In the world. <laughs> so, so if information, the information highway right now, is truly where the world is all about. And and even those of us that grew up in the, in the stone ages, we've got to get on that information highway to better to continue to better ourselves. Okay. Right. There's no reason for people to not have access to information. Those that don't want to use it, that's up to them. And they can continue mm-hmm. to stay in that same that same level of success, but there is an information highway out there that you can that you can find, and you don't have to be the the best reader in the world. That they will it will talk you through ways to better your life, okay? But you can't try to better your mm-hmm. life by by uh, impersonating someone, and 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 once again stepping outside of your means.
1: Right, right, good. Okay. Now. Um, you talked a little bit about your current role with the Citadel. Um, uh-huh. Why, to you, why is that so important? What
10: What I would tell you is that when I came along to the Citadel, and I, and it's a, it's it's kind of interesting that I even know this, but there had not been a lot of African Americans graduate from the Citadel when I came. As a matter of fact, I was number seventy six. Okay, in the history of of our school within the first one hundred, so I fall at, at that number, okay, so we did not have a lot of African American alumni coming back to mentors, and amazingly, you know, I didn't get to talk to a lot of graduates that had graduated from the school that were that were coming back to say hey i want I want you to be my mentee, okay mm-hmm. There just weren't a lot of guys coming back doing that, and it was all male during that time and then and it could have been. Okay, it really could have been because there were people that were doing some things that were that were that were, were were setting them on the road to success. And all I keep thinking is, if I had just had someone to to keep me from making some of the mistakes I made early on in my career,
1: exactly how much mm-hmm.
10: further how much further along I would have been. Yes, it was successful, but how much how much more success could I more successful could I have been? And all I keep thinking is. All it would have taken was just someone coming back and showing an interest, and that would have also given me a sense of pride in graduating from my school. You mm-hmm. know, I had classmates that were that were, were graduating, and people were actually coming to them asking them to come back and, and be a part of the school. Come back and be a part of the school. No one, no one ever came to me and talked to me about being alone. No one, mm-hmm. no one. And that that's not that's 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 uh when I say no one I'm talking about no one wearing the ring came to me and said, "Hey, this is how you come back." We had some guys that were very nice to us while we were there, but they didn't talk to us about coming back. And and right. that is another thing that that unless you ask someone to be a part of what you're doing, they will never feel welcome. And so what I found is when I had a couple of graduates come to me and say, hey, we really would like to increase the number of African Americans that are getting involved with our alumni association. I said, so you mean to tell me that I'm not the only one that's not coming back? I, you know, sometimes you don't realize it, but, you know, when when pe- when everybody's feeling the same way, there's got to be a problem. there. Okay. When if right. everybody feels the same way and you only have one or two, out of hundreds of guys that have graduated from the school that are showing up uh to come back for different reunions. And so mm-hmm. in my mind, it, it became important to me that we show our face. Okay? And and if for some reason uh that, that people didn't come back, sometimes you just need to ask. Because if somebody had asked me why I would have told. But nobody ever right. asked me but 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 they did come to me and say, hey we really would like to have more people come back. I said, "Well, listen, I can't speak for everybody. All I can do is tell you about myself." And then come mm-hmm. to find out, there were a lot of graduates out there that felt the exact same way. We had great relationships in school. Okay, there was nobody. That, well, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say there was nobody that was that was saying some things that were that were underhanded or 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 uh, disrespectful because we did have it. We had some of that going on. Right. And, mm-hmm. and 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 we did have a lot of graduates that were that were great teammates. And and the guys that I played sports with, because I got the opportunity to play football and baseball. So, you know, I was on, nice. on, on four different baseball teams as well. And so
6: okay.
10: oh, my, my teammates were great teammates. But even after I graduated, other than those that I saw when I went in the military, there weren't a lot of guys that I was interacting with that had graduated from the school that were calling me up saying, hey, man, let's come back for homecoming. Right. So if you don't have that happening, there's something wrong. And 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 a lot of times people don't realize it. But when I would talk to some of my my, I'll just say my white teammates, I was like, hey man, what 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 are you doing? Why why are you coming back? Well, hey, such and such invited me to come back, and and then they they invited me to to be a part of the the uh, Hall of Fame. What? Hell, I was better than you. <laughs> what 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 do you mean? <laughs> You got invited to be a part of the Hall of Fame. Well, uh, well my, my mentor, your mentor, you had a mentor. I didn't have mm. one. And so, right. when you hear that happening, the light has to come on, man. You know, even through my military years, you know, I had mentors in the military, but they weren't necessarily civil grads. And, right. and so, when you when you find that you, you that you're in this environment somebody's got to put their foot in the sand and and, and turn the ball around, okay? And I I just really felt like this was was an effort that that could happen as long as we got the right alumni coming back and being a part Mm -hmm. of this and telling the story as it should be versus the way it is, okay? And you don't have to fool Mm -hmm. anybody because it is so important for people to, to, to get a seat at the table because if you don't have a seat at the table, guess what, you're probably on the menu, okay?
1: Right. There you and go. so
10: it was imp- it was important to me, and it became important to a, a, a handful of other alumni. And and we so we decided that we were going to put our foot in the sand and we were going to start doing things at school. We were going to start doing things for the school, and we were going to make the environment better for those kids that were coming behind us. You know, we were going to, to interface with them. We were going to be there for them. We were going to be the ones inviting them to come back. It took off like wildfire. It did and don't get nice. me wrong throughout throughout this entire process, we got to see some of those alumni in their in their rawest form on facebook and and mm-hmm. that that facebook that facebook world will will build some courage in people that that probably shouldn't be there. <laughs> but it's not the majority It's just it's just that right. handful that you will find That are out there saying things Because they don't know They don't know any better and, in their, and, and their world is being being changed And they don't realize The world that you came from And the world that you came through Was totally different from theirs A lot of people right. want to say that, that everybody graduating from the Citadel is the same And that is not true And even more true. so uh, the diversity builds when we started having women there. So that diversity right, right. And, and and trying to say that everybody's the same, that's just a bunch of hockey. And and one of the things I learned in the military is that people don't have to be the same to be successful. They don't have to this be the true. same to be teammates. You know, mm-hmm. we learned that in the in the athletic world that you don't always have to play the same position and have the same skill yep. set to win a game. Yep.
8: As a matter exactly. of fact, you really can't. want
10: people with different yep. skill sets. Okay. You, you want the linemen, you want the defensive backs, you want to have the running backs, you want to have the wide receivers, you you want to have the linebackers. You want us all to be a little different and have a little different talent. So that is the way the world should be. But a lot of people in in our environment want to say that everybody's the same. If we're not all looking alike, if, if we we don't all you know wear the same, we, we, we don't wear our ring the same, and we don't do this and we don't dress alike, then we're we're, we're rocking the boat. And and. I just want people to know that you can be different and still be part of the team, still be a yeah. great alum. Just because you don't look like everybody else doesn't mean that you you're not as good, or that you don't have as much of an allegiance.
4: So true. that is
10: that is the world that is the world that I'm trying to bring back to my to my to my college, my alma mater, so that mm-hmm. that people can understand that diversity is is more than everybody looking alike and being alike. And it's right. all speaking. Like. Okay. Yep. The world comes the world comes in many different shapes, sizes, and that is what really makes that tapestry of success in 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 any environment. Any corporation will have to everybody in the corporation can't look alike and have the same skills. That's true. They can't all think alike. They can't all walk nope, around doing the same thing. hmm So, That's you know, when when I when I and I and like I said, I've I've met with some Met with some some obstinate individuals that that feel that um, talking about the fact that that African Americans have some different ways of doing things and that that they are a little different. Okay, the world the world is not always uh, cut and dry the way that we're raised, and we're different mm-hmm. from one another. Okay, as as you will find that we're all different shades, creeds, and, and different ways of doing things. But it's not all about thinking alike and being alike. So, right. But it, it, right. it does make for a very well-rounded and successful environment if you use mm-hmm. utilize the strengths of all the people around you. So,
1: Yep. That, that is, is the world that That's I'm
10: trying to introduce the Citadel to.
1: Right. Okay. Well, hey, the well, last thing before we go to another break is uh-huh. what advice would you give a young person who's pursuing a chance to play at the collegiate level?
10: the first thing that i would tell any any young person wanting to play at the collegiate level is that you have got to spend that time in your books okay you're going to have a god given talent there's, there's there's some things that that that, that you've been blessed with as an athlete you've had some good coaching you've had up up and going into high school you have had the the types of skills and things that you've been blessed with, and you're going to get better while you're there. Just like you have to work on those things on the field, you have to work the X's and O's. But the thing that's the most important at the collegiate level is knowing that you have the mental capacity to stay in school. So you have got to spend that time in the books. You've got to build your curriculum and your practice schedule around study time. You know, if you if you think that that you're going to to have uh, a a very intense year or season, you need to have a study hall just so that you have time, so that you can hit the books before you go to practice. Okay, most most high schools have the opportunity for electives. I will tell you that that was you know I played three sports in high school: football, basketball, and baseball. Mm-hmm. Was an honor student. Okay. Uh, I had a coach that used to tell me, he said, Man, you know, I don't know how you do this. I said, Well, you've got to take the time to spend time in your books. And I, mm-hmm. I can remember having a, a teacher tell me, Are you just gonna be a an athlete, old punk athlete and, and not, not make good grades? You know, you you know you're 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 a good athlete, but are you are you not gonna make good grades? So I said, Well you don't know me, Bill. I said, You don't know who I am. hmm I was fortunate enough to have a mother, a, my, my dad didn't, didn't, didn't speak a lot about grades because, like I say, he'd only finished eighth grade, but my mother had finished school and had, and had her college degree. So she well, made me understand about the time that I had to spend in my academics. You know, if I spent two hours practicing football, I had spent three hours doing my homework, and nothing else mm-hmm. got in the way of that. Okay? Right. So so if you're gonna if you're gonna spend two hours on the field conditioning your body, you gotta spend more time conditioning your mind. Nobody wants an uh an individual that cannot be well rounded, they can't learn to play. You've gotta show that you can learn to plays when you go to college. And if you can't if you can't yep. do reading, writing and arithmetic, <laughs> as we used to call it, you're never going to be a college athlete. Because it is it is no easy feat to go into any college uh, uh, locker room and and not understand what the playbook is all about, and yep. then you gotta also maintain your books, you gotta maintain your grades just to, to be eligible to play.
9: Mm-hmm.
10: And you, as a human being, you know, as an as, a, as an athlete, you need to have more pride in your craft than to just want to be able to to, to play ball, okay. Anybody can play ball, that special person takes the time so that they will learn what it takes to be successful in the academic world. Because most of right. us are going to be, most of us are going to make a living from what we learn. We're not going to make a living from carrying from that ball. It's the mm-hmm. things that we learn in that classroom that are what we're going to rely upon to make a living. Okay. A, there may be one, one or two percent that, that 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 take the sporting world and and take that to the next level outside of the collegiate world, but ninety five ninety six percent of us are going to take what we learned in that education that we got and and hopefully it's for free as a, as a scholarship. What we learned in those books and take that to be successful and learn and the work ethic that we learned on the sporting field, that will be our driving factor as we as we have our academics in line. So, you yeah. know, you're going to learn the work ethic on the field. You need to learn the, the academics in the classroom. And take yeah. that time, build that time into what we call time management, build time to mm-hmm. study with your athletics, okay? You have got to have that evening study period. And that was one of the things Citadel did for most of us is that it taught yep. us about an evening study period from 7.30 ESP. to 10.30. And it was mm-hmm. dedicated just for your books. I will tell you, I went through and got a master's in a year and a half just because of ESP. Because, yes, there I was working full-time, but I dedicated mm-hmm. my 7.30 to 10.30 on my books, and it took me a year and a half to finish the master's. Nice.
4: Okay? Nice.
10: And and, and, yeah. and that that made all the difference. But every student needs to have dedicated study time, just like they have dedicated practice time. So if you're a student athlete, make sure that you build that in. So that is the thing. The advice that I would give anyone thinking about going to college is that you need to already have that built into your into your regimentation. Even if you're playing three sports, you're playing every season. You can still make good grades, and I and I am telling you, I'm I'm no rocket scientist. I had to work at it, but but you can still make the honor society. You can still there be you that go.
1: person, but you've got to persevere. Yep, yep, that's okay. great. Well, we appreciate it, man. We we definitely I uh, appreciate you coming on. You give some really some good words of wisdom, and uh, hopefully, sometime we'll be able to get you back out.
10: All right. Well, once again, thank you very much for having me out here. And uh, anytime that that I can can pass on anything, uh, or or you know how to reach me, and, and my, my, I'm always an open book, and uh, just love love making sure that that our young people are having the same advantage, if not more, than what we had growing up. But they definitely have access to an information highway out there. So uh, yep. this is this yep. is a great opportunity for.
1: Me. Okay. Well, hey, well, we're going to take a I'm short break, and then we'll be back to wrap things up okay
0: oh the boardwalk's deserted there's nobody down by the shore and the ferris wheel ride isn't turning around anymore the heat wave and the fly just old news, but I still got some sand in my shoes. Sand in my shoes. Brings memories of the salty air. Sand in my shoes. Oh, oh, oh the blanket that we. When the water was cold, you would tremble and hold me so tight. And we'd sit on the beach just to wait for the stars to come out at
2: night. The heat waves
0: and the clouds are
2: just all new. But I
0: still got some sand in my shoes. Love oh, brings memories of the soul.
1: Hey, how you doing? This is Everett Sands of the West Foundation Sports Talk Show. We are wrapping this thing up. We had another great night. Uh, We started the night off with Pierre Banks, um, who's there with Appalachian State, and uh, he gave us a a lot of uh, good information. You know, they're doing a lot with life skills, financial literacy, um, doing health relationships, talking about the first major purchase, it's a lot of information that's great for young people to know as they prepare to leave college and, and head out into the work world. Uh, then we had Anthony Jenkins, and we had a lot of great information there. Just from a financial literacy standpoint, the big thing that he hit on was credit. We've got to make sure we do a great job of establishing and putting ourselves in position where we have good credit because that's going to affect
8: all
2: aspects of our life.
1: It's going to affect what my car payment is going to look like, what my house payment is going to look like, if I can get a car, if I can get a house. Um, and then it's also going to just on some small loans or some, if I want to open a business, all those things are going to be affected by our credit. So that was definitely something that we got to make sure that everybody, um, whether you get ready to graduate from high school or college and start in the work world, or if you're already in there credit is something that's extremely important and we got to make sure we take care of. Uh, Then we had my old teammate, head coach at Conway High School, Carlton Terry, and uh, they have St. James this weekend. Of course, like everybody, uh, they have some obstacles to to get over um, with COVID. And then we finished up with Bruce Alexander. And I think probably the biggest thing um, that he brought to the table was that we need a mentor. So... My my challenge to everybody listening is: if you don't have a mentor, find a mentor. And then, if you are established in the workforce, find a mentee. So, not only find a mentor, but find a mentee, um, so you can help somebody else grow.
6: Justin, what did you think of uh, everybody that was
1: that came on tonight?
6: I thought it was great information for listeners. It was uh, very informative. For me as well. Um, I know I I know I need to find a uh, you know a mentor. You've definitely been a mentor of mine over the years. I definitely need to lean on you and others uh, more often than I do. Um, the key is uh, to um, like Bruce uh, brought up is time management, and that that also mm-hmm. you know plays a huge part in in that. So I, I, all speakers tonight were great, informative, and I uh, really enjoyed it. Great, 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 great.
1: And, uh, you know, just speaking of that time management piece, um, he talked about, hey, if I spend two hours at practice, I need to spend three hours in the books. And uh, that is definitely a habit that a lot of people need to pick up. Um, and, again, just from a coaching perspective, if you got two kids that are pretty similar athletically, most often you're going to go with the better student. Um, because that's one less thing you're going to have to worry about. Because there's so many other things you got to worry about as a coach. But a very good student, as well as a good athlete. And I'd rather have that good student than that same type of athlete that's not a good student. So get in the books. Definitely get in the books. Now, um, this week's a big week in college football. Um, you got a, a pretty good Kentucky team going against Georgia. Uh, Georgia only mm. got that one loss against Alabama, uh, yeah. so it's, it's yeah that's gonna be a good one because Kentucky been playing some pretty solid football. And then uh, another one is you got Kansas State and West Virginia. Kansas State sitting at four and one, they moved up to number sixteen this week, but West Virginia sitting at three and two, so uh, they're a pretty solid team right now as well. Who do you yes,
6: think they are. Uh, I think that uh, West Virginia, coming off of the loss to Texas Tech, I think that kind of hurt them. Um, right. I think this is going to be an upset alert this week. Uh, Kansas State—they—they—they play sound, disciplined football. Uh, they're definitely going to be ready to play. I just think that uh, West Virginia is going to take them down this week, just based off uh, just being rubbed the wrong way last week with a with a really a, a bad loss to. Uh, a very average Texas Tech team this year,
1: and that's your alma it? It is,
6: it is, it is. But they are <laughs> they are average this year. Uh, sometimes it's hard to watch. Oh man! But hey, well, I was at you know I was at
1: UTSA. They're sitting at four and three, and they got FAU. But here's the thing: that FAU has only played two games this season, so COVID has really hit. Uh, a couple of those Florida schools, so it's going to be interesting to yeah. see, you know, how Fau's doing after there, because again, you got one team that's played seven games already; the other team only played two. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's right. a huge difference. And we'll see how that that plays out. We got Michigan and Michigan State rivalry week already in the Big Ten.
6: Yep. So, um, another big, course, another big game. Yep.
1: And uh, we'll see if Michigan State, which uh, Rutgers slipped by them last week, see if Michigan State can get back on the right track. And then the one that I, I sort of got circled. Um, I want to see if uh, Boston College is going to be able to go up and uh, give Clemson a, a good game. You know, Clemson is a very, very good team. And Boston College is saying, hey, we're sitting at 4-2. and two. Uh, So we'll see if this is going to be a – a just a road bump uh, uh, for Clemson, or, or are they going to go on and give Clemson a good game? What do you think of that
6: Boston College-Clemson game? Uh, I, I don't know. You know, Boston College beat them a couple of years back, uh, kind of fluke deal, but um, in my right. opinion, you know, Clemson just you know played down to their talent level. I think they're playing at a very hot level right now. I don't Mm -hmm. see Boston College is giving them any troubles or issues as long as Clemson shows up to play Clemson football. Right. Right. Now, here's a question. Is there anybody in the ACC that's going to give
1: Clemson any trouble?
6: I don't think so. Not this year.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I agree with that. I agree with that. So, and Boston College might be the
6: best opportunity for them. Well, close second. We'll we'll see what kind of –
1: North Carolina might. Who knows? We'll yeah, see. we'll see. And then uh, Coastal Carolina. You know, last yes, week, first time ever, they made it to the top twenty-five. Um, and oh, right sir. now they're sitting at number twenty, and they got Georgia State coming. Are uh, oh, they going to up. Georgia State? Now, here,
6: so, of the, course, Georgia State. I'm, I'm, hey, I'm with you. I'm fired up at Coastal. No, I'll say, I'm fired up at Coastal Carolina as, as ranked first time ever done a heck of a job mm-hmm. over there. Um I know you've had part, of, you know, contributed to a part of the, that success over the few, last few years. But Georgia State, they are they're a um a underdog in the in this fight, but they're coming off a big win and Troy last week and um I think coach Elliott has done a great job. He's a great motivator. Um mm-hmm. he, he's got his offense established. Um, I think it's going to be a really, really good game. Uh, I'm definitely yeah. tuning in on that game. For sure. Yeah.
1: yeah. And then
6: I think the game the
1: game of the week in the SEC is LSU and Auburn. And you're sitting there like, LSU and Auburn, they're only two and two, both of them. But I think this is a pivotal yeah. game for both teams. Um, both definitely. teams had big wins last week. So I think from a confident standpoint, and this is going to be huge for whoever wins this game. And uh, so, so, we'll see. We'll see. And then we got Mississippi State going against Bama. Now, Mississippi State had a great win against LSU to open up, but they
6: haven't found that
1: win column since. Will they be able to do it against Bama?
6: Well, here's what I I'll say about the, uh, the um, mad scientist, the, the leech. Right. He is a great coach, and he is definitely notorious for upsets. Right. So, yeah. Don't be surprised if it's <laughs> a close game.
1: All right, you heard it here first. Mississippi State gonna
6: upset Bama. I'm just telling you, he does not care about that that A on their on their side of the helmets. He, he 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 does not care. He's gonna have that team fired up. I promise you that. Well, good, 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 good. And then another big game going back to the Big Ten:
1: Ohio State and Penn and Penn State. And, of course, Ohio State looked really good last week. Penn State, you know, lost one in OT. So, uh, Penn State State to make a statement. Or it's an opportunity for Ohio State to say, yeah, we are the Ohio State.
6: Watch out there now. So, we'll see. Yeah. Definitely agree with that. It's going to be a good game either way. That game's always a uh, battle for sure.
1: Yep. Yep. And uh, we're actually down to our last minute and a half of the four um I sort of wrap down, yes, my Steelers are six and 0 They're the only undefeated team. Uh but the question is, is the NFC West the best division in the NFL? Because you got a pretty good San Francisco at four and three at the bottom of the division. Um and then the AFC North is a close second. The Cincinnati's at the bottom, but they've been in every game. They're one and five and one, but they've been in every game. And Burroughs is, is put up some great performances as a rookie quarterback. So so we'll see what happens with that. But we're down to our last minute. I uh, want to thank thank you, Justin, for joining me as a co-host tonight. I want to thank everybody for listening. Again, this is the West Foundation. You can find us uh, on the web at WESFFC.com. Again, that's WESFFC.com. And, again, everything we do is free for the kids. So, uh, if you can support us, we would definitely appreciate that. Um, you can also find us on Twitter at WSFFC, on Facebook, The West Foundation, and on uh, Instagram, The West Foundation. But we are looking for. We're out, let me check back. We will be off next week. Next week is uh, is voting it is uh, election day, so we will not have a show. We'll be back on November the 10th, and we have a great lineup for you. So we look forward to seeing everybody on November 10th. Make sure you get out there and vote and we'll see you soon. Take care.